Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams. It's nothing but the truth, one man's journey to find it. And it is May the 30th, 2015. Um, we have a Johnny Cerucci on. This should be a fun show tonight, or to this morning, I should say. It's both of us, it's uh, late morning. Um, but before we get going, we'll do the traditional uh, reading of some of the headline news. And we'll see, we'll start here from Yahoo.com. A Vatican official linked to uh, Philadelphia faces Italian uh, inquiry. Hmm, that would be an interesting to read. Um, that's from the Philadelphia WPBI, it looks like. The next one would be Thomas, oldest Mormon apostle, L. Uh, Tom Perry has terminal cancer, Salt Lake Tribune. If you want to learn a lot about the uh, uh, actually the, the hierarchy of the the Roman or the Roman <laughs> the Mormon Church, you might as well say the Roman Church because it certainly just has created it. Uh, the Salt Lake Tribune is a good source, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, a few more down here it says war clouds over the South China Sea as the U.S. declares rights. To waters and U.S. worship arrive, and this is Forbes. And of course, if you look, we're just talking about the Philippines, which is 95% Roman Catholic. And as I suggested, once the Pope Francis showed up, that we would start hearing a heck of a lot more about the Philippines. And sure enough, that's the case. And all the saber rattling going on with them and and um, China. Um, Fox News, Cardinal Timothy Dolan on marriage is a bold move. And the next one, uh, Roman Catholics all the way, U2, the band, Los Angeles Times, paused arena tour to thrill 500 fans at the Roxy. Let's see if we can have one more here. Oh, yeah, here, if this is uh, mashable, I don't know how reliable this is. This is but uh, counter-protesters at armed biker rally at Phoenix Mosque. ISIS is not Islam. And by the way, they're right. <laughs> ISIS actually is, from my research, um, seems to be, and it's been a, uh, maybe a well-known fact for at least since 1990, 91, that ISIS stands for Israeli Secret Intelligence Service. And you can go online and look at that up if you want. Anyways, um, that's good enough for me. Why do I bring this up? Why is this one particular organization dominating the headlines? Medos, of course, being Rome. Rome Catholicism, the Vatican. Would be interesting maybe down the road to look at this Vatican official's link to Philadelphia face Italy inquiry. Hmm. So with that, once again, we have Johnny, and uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Cerucci, uh, beautiful Italian name, man who's uh, my part of the woods, and I discovered him just about recently, maybe the past few months, I've listened to a few of his shows, and uh, I'm excited to talk to this gentleman. I, I listened to, in fact, I 
played the recording of uh, the interview he had with Freeman, and it was very interesting. He said, well, Johnny really has been doing his homework, and it's nice to actually have somebody who has done their homework. Johnny uh, has a book out called Illuminati Unmasked, and we'll be talking about that. Uh, he also has a website and a show um, you can find it at uh, johnnysarucci.com is the website. He has a show, uh, Resistance Rising. You can find a blog talk. And uh, he also has a YouTube channel with his name. So you can have, listen to some of his episodes. I strongly recommend that. And uh, with that, Johnny, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Mike. I'm really excited to be with you, particularly be on the show with us. We've already spoken a couple of times, and each time it's like we can't shut up because we're we're uh, harmonically intertwined with everything that we're talking about and the knowledge that we you know know and share. I know it's going to be a great show today. Yeah, well, I think so, and I think hopefully we'll get some people to understand a little more about their reality, their true reality, not some metaphysical or vain philosophy approach. A philosophical force, but you know our reality. And for the first thing I would like to do is uh, so the people have it fresh in their mind who listen to this recording um, is was talk about the Illuminati Unmask, your book. Tell us uh, the basic gist of your book and um, what you're exposing with this book. Sure, I had intended. I've been blogging since 2004 and having moderate success. Uh, just get a, a repost here and there. And it occurred to me that it was time to, to settle down and, and write. I just didn't have the discipline to write a book. And, and I, I knew it was what I needed to do. Uh, my intent was to just write the, the red pill, as we call it in alternative media from the movie The Matrix, uh, to, to put together all these concepts of how our reality has been contrived for us by a malignant evil elite, and I like to call them not necessarily globalists because that doesn't say anything and not necessarily Illuminati, but Luciferians because from what I've seen, that really describes them best in that they serve whom they call Lucifer, the Prometheus-type figure, the bearer of light, the inverse of who we know uh, God is, and you and I both have our own prejudices and biases as, as Christian, as a born-again Christian. That's my, my worldview, so I'll put that out right up front. Um, and we, as Christians, see this dichotomy, uh, particularly this pre-Masonic dichotomy of Lucifer as the, the poor, sympathetic figure that, that brought the, the light of knowledge to mankind. And in reality, it, Paul says that knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. So I wanted to take all these things I've been writing about for the past several years and try to put, the, put them together in a single form, in a book form. And in particular, it was recently that, that I came to light, uh, uh, came to light to me rather, of who it was that was behind the New World Order. And it was a very surprising uh, force that, that I was aware of, but wasn't tracking. I was born and raised Catholic. I was a non-practicing Catholic when I was 25 years old, going to college. A good buddy of mine brought me to his uh, non-denominational, evangelical-style Calvary Chapel in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, I uh, came to Christ. Was a born-again Christian at that point, and became a born-again Christian January 16, 2004, and so that radically altered my view. And so I've 
recently, I would say within the past uh, 10 years, begun really suspicious of um, news and government and what we've been told and um, was a big, um, I hate the word conservative, but it's true, uh, certainly as to what we know, a big um, you know, conservative, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin, um, listener and so forth until the advent of Barack Obama. And it was very disturbing to me that um, people like Limbaugh and Haley Levin weren't hitting Obama where it really hurted, like uh, you know, his miraculous birth, whether or not he was an, an actual citizen. And for me, what, what finally pushed me into alternative media completely was the acceptance of these people of the not only the Obama birth fable, but the bin Laden death fable. <laughs> and so when they all accepted this, I knew for a fact that that was, it was a lie. Um, I actually had contact with uh, a second party in the military that, that in the special operations community that they, they knew that the, the operation was not as we were being told. At the bare minimum, if it was a real operation, they killed the body double. Uh, there's just so many uh, variances in this story, and that these these talking heads on the right accepted that was just proof for me that they were all co-opted. So I put all this together uh, in, in in writing, and uh, wanted to convey that in a book to help to get the the word out to to wake people up to the matrix that they were involved in, particularly people on the right, people who had good values but just were were uh, scammed about what their reality is, who the real enemy is, Mike. And this is what you cover. Um, that's why your show is named what it is. People are fighting the wrong enemy. It's, it's the old trick. They, they wave the red cape in front of you. It's the Muslims. It's the Jews, um, uh, so on and so forth. And they never really tell you the uh, real enemies are on the inside. And so that's what was the impetus for, for me writing the book. And I overdid it, really. I, I had to edit it like 12 times. Uh, I couldn't get anybody to carry it because of the subject matter, and so I went through uh, CreateSpace and Amazon, did it myself, and they had a limitation of 826 pages, and Mike, I did 826 pages on the dot uh, with over 2,000 citations because I learned that when you're talking alternative media, your veracity, your ability to back up what you say is everything. And so I take great pride in, in using copious numbers of citations from sources. They're, they're mainstream, so-called mainstream sources to verify my assertions. And um, so that was the reason behind Illuminati Amassed. And the name for the title is, is uh, part of our target that we're going to talk about today. That's, uh, I don't know how you wanted to, to get into that topic of, of who's really behind the New World Order, but that's, that's the reason why I chose that title. Uh, well, yeah, you know we're gonna because that's what we talk about in this show all the time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, well, let's just look at some of the. I'm looking at your your website, JohnnySarucci.com. You can uh, look at a couple of his. Uh, well, you can learn about a little more about his book here, but um, we have here how politics have been rigged and who has the power to control every level of your government. So. Well, let's talk about that. So how has uh, American politics been rigged? Who has control at every level? Well, I, and I guess we'll go ahead and... and this was uh, a heavy, loaded statement question, and we could have 20 shows just on this one alone. So. It, it is. <laughs> and and that, um, that brings us right to uh, 
um, who it is that controls the controls America from far. Um, I'm looking up real quick another name so I can give that actual names and, and, and dates here. Um, America is a capture operation. It's been a capture operation. Uh, we, we were born. Oh, let me, let me just go, go back to the very beginning. And um, we as Christians believe that when, when Christ died on the cross, he gave up his spirit and said to Telestai, it is done. Telestai in the Greek. Um, and the curtain that separates the, the Holy of Holies from the inner courtyard in the temple shredded, ripped, this massive 60-foot curtain shredded from top to bottom. The dead rose from the grave. That showed that religion, the only, we Christians believe that the only God-breathed religion was Orthodox Judaism that was, unfortunately, was, was warped, and, and Christ repeatedly um, had to correct the, the best of the Jews. The Pharisees were the best of the Jews, uh, and even they had, had twisted off into man-centered, man-made additions to the God-breathed Mosaic Law. And they, they weren't able to do it right, uh, not then, not now. Over 618 tenets in the Mosaic Law, do's and don'ts, impossible to carry out perfectly, and for good reason. It meant to just show you that we are sinners, and that we cannot obey the law, and that blood must be the, the recompense for our sin. And hence the system of sacrifices that was done away with, with the ultimate sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And the religion, the idea that a priesthood, a Levitical priesthood, was our, our go-between between God and man, and that we could only commune with God in the Holy of Holies through the high priest once a year. And, um, and, and Christ blew the, the doors off of this with his propitiation for our sins, made himself the only intercessor that we ever needed, you see, just he made a superpower is, is what he did when it comes to the spiritual realm. And uh, it was that, that, that tapping in, that evil tapping into how people need religion that empowered the most evil people of his time and our time. Why he overturned the money changers in the temple is because that evil people exploited humanity's need to commune with God and insinuated themselves in between God and man. Christ outdid and undid that on the cross, and 300 years later, it was redid, redone by the, the, uh, uh, the Empire of Rome. Uh, it was, a lot of people believe that um, Constantine was the, the initiator of this. Uh, I'll let you do your own research on that, whether Constantine was really the initiator of the Roman Catholic Church or whether he was just a savvy politician or whether he may have been a sincere Christian. Uh, it's still up to, to debate. He certainly instituted some amazing reforms, did away with child sacrifice, um, did away with persecution of Christians. Constantine did not make Christianity the state religion of the Roman Empire. That was several generations later with uh, Theodosius I, the uh, Roman Empire, that, that made uh, Christianity the state religion of the Roman Empire. And that caused a syncretistic mix of Babylonian paganism that had risen up through Chaldea, through Egypt, through Greece, and eventually to Rome. And that was molded into Christian, a mixing of the Christian truth. It's what syncretism is. Uh, mixing with the Babylonian paganism, Christian truth, which is what 
uh, I'm afraid Roman Catholicism is to this very day, why Catholics have beliefs that, that don't necessarily match, sometimes match, but not usually match with what we in uh, Protestant church believe biblical Christianity is. And so Christ gave us this incredible freedom on the cross. It was um, usurped by the Roman Empire, I believe has always been, Daniel 2, Daniel 7, um, Revelation 7, 17, 19, tells us that these, the four empires that, that Daniel and John prophesied, uh, uh, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome, that has never changed. The Roman Empire as the final empire has never changed. It's, it's just been that uh, uh, Roman theologians, Jesuit theologians have warped our view and pulled us away from that very traditional idea that Rome will be the final empire and the Antichrist will come from Rome. So um, Rome uh, absconded with the freedom that we had in Christ and, and built a, a religion where there was no religion, where, where Christ had done away with it, and, and used uh, Judaism to help uh, give itself legitimacy and uh, began to conduct a lot of um, uh, evil things, sin in the name of Christ and stood on the blood of Christ and on the blood of the cross to uh, exploit people, exploit their ignorance, to take the scriptures, to demand that they only be uh, written in Latin, that no one else would be allowed to read them, to demand that people now have their, uh, a, a priesthood that was not allowed to marry, uh, that you had indulgences. If you uh, wanted to fix your, your sin, that you had to pay the church, you had to do repetitive prayer, which the Lord said in Matthew 6 is, is not what Christians do. Uh, the concept of purgatory was completely fabricated, the confessional completely fabricated, all for the use of power. Just, just as, as um, uh, priesthood, the celebrated priesthood, all fabricated, all evil, malignant, and done for the sake of political power. It's interesting when people like to criticize Christianity about the ills and evils of Christianity, such as the Inquisition, the Crusades, they don't mean Christianity. They mean Rome. They mean Roman Catholicism. And so these outrages have been conducted. The confessional, the idea that you tell a priest what your sins are, nowhere is that in Scripture. You're told in, in the book of James, which is actually um, Jesus' half-brother, uh, Yaakov, uh, who we call James, you're told to confess your sins to the one that you've wronged. And John tells us that we have one intercessor, that's, and that's in Christ. I believe uh, Paul also reaffirmed re, um, that in, I think, his letter to Timothy, the first or second letter to Timothy. We have one advocate, one intercessor. We don't need uh, to reinstitute a priesthood. We have one go-between. And so this was horribly exploited on purpose. Um, there's a, a, a book that's uh, controversial. I believe it's uh, Secreta Monita, that is uh, considered a handbook for the Jesuits, how to exploit the, um, the confessional, how to exploit those who give alms to the Catholic Church. You take the most powerful people in the world and pretend to give them the spiritual solace that they deeply desire because they're nasty, evil people and they've done horrible things, and then you take that information and you exploit it, use it against them in the confessional. And so these were going on, good men like Wycliffe and Tyndale had... Uh, tried to to resist these ills, these evils within the Catholic Church for for years, and they just were not successful enough in creating a movement. It wasn't until the advent of Martin Luther and his battle over um, uh, really grace 
that's given by Christ versus um, uh, propitiation by works. And uh, it's a critical part of Christianity that would believe that it's by grace alone that we're saved and not of anything that we can do. And that's a um, very strong tenet of Protestantism versus Catholicism. And that's what woke Martin Luther up to, to taking a real stand against the Catholic Church. And he wrote down his 95 theses and posted them on the, on the, uh, uh, the doors of All Saints Cathedral in Wittenberg in Germany in 1517. And it was a shot heard around the world because the Roman Catholic Church had put these chains of needless religion upon the people. One of the first things that, that Martin Luther did, did and, and this was divinely ordained, absolutely divinely ordained, because uh, in the time of Martin Luther, the printing press had been invented. Martin Luther immediately took the Latin Vulgate Bible and began translating into his native tongue of German and sort of passing it out to the common people. He said, read it for yourself. Don't trust these, these people to be your arbiters of your soul, your very salvation. Read it for yourself. And it was a shot heard around the world. It was the chains were thrown off, uh, and it was the, the death of feudalism. The Protestant Reformation, I say in my book, was the acorn. It helped to teach uh, men like uh, Blackstone and Montesquieu and John Locke and Hobbes uh, about what it really was to have freedom to have a rule of law versus a rule of kings. Um, and as a result, it, it uh, taught the founding generation and gave them the ideals that were put into the Articles of the Confederation and then eventually the Constitution, and particularly the, the Bill of Rights. And the oak tree that spouted from the Reformation was America, was the Constitution. And the idea that um, there was such a thing as a middle class was created that, that as a proud, strong, uh, independent, self-determinate middle class could own private property and defend it with a weapon was absolutely unheard of. It was the death of feudalism. The Luciferian elite have despised it and us ever since, and they've been working uh, extremely hard to undermine and eventually destroy America. And it was only... Uh, some 17 years after the, the, uh, Martin Luther initiated the Protestant Reformation, there was a man by the name of uh, Ignacio Lopez, who was a Spanish knight uh, from a Basque noble family. He was uh, seriously wounded in the Battle of Pamplona in 1521. Supposedly, he had a vision of the Virgin Mary and the infant Jesus at the shrine of Our Lady of Montserrat, the Black Virgin, in 1522, as he was convalescing, he was crushed because his legs were no good. He was, he was no longer going to be able to um, uh, pursue his uh, desire for martial glory and, and uh, uh, to, to be a great soldier for the church. And it was after this vision that the, uh, uh, of the Virgin of Montserrat, the Black Madonna, during his recovery, that uh, he was at a Benedictine monastery in Montserrat, and he laid down his military accoutrements before the Black Virgin and, and took up the, the, um, the, the cross of the Catholics, the crucifix. He took up the crucifix, not the cross, and, and the, prayed to be an instrument of the Catholic Church to win back Jerusalem for the Pope and to be the new counter-reformation to combat Martin Luther and all of his evils of freeing mankind. And it, it's very important to note that Mary was the catalyst for this original movement. 
Um, it has since been clouded in whether it's actually dedicated to Jesus. They have the unmitigated gall to call themselves the Society of Jesus. They could be any further from the truth. Um, the idea of um, the virgin and child is a, a central truth, an important tenet of Christianity, but it's, it's the central truth that has been warped. The Luciferians have warped the idea in order to disconnect us from the person of Christ, which is what we Christians believe is what saves, only a personal relationship with the Savior himself, an adult Savior, not a child, not a disembodied heart, but Christ the man. Uh, that's the only relationship that can save us. But the Luciferians have divorced it. And it, this goes way back, Mike, all the way back to Chaldea, to Babylon, Nimrod, and his, his wife, uh, Semiramis. Uh, again and again, this is reborn in mythology. Uh, Osiris and Isis and, and the messianic child. But the, the Messiah is always a child. Uh, Nimrod and Isis, they're, they're, they're child of, of Tammuz. He's always a child, and the um, uh, pagan demonic myth of poor, poor Nimrod, who was executed by the son of Noah, Shem, on the 17th of Tammuz, a, a very important date, and I want to say uh, it is awesome that the 17th of Tammuz falls on July 4th in 2015. So I am really excited to see what the Lord does on the 4th of July this year, but um, that's celebrated or, or mourned by the Luciferians of the day that Nimrod was executed, cut into pieces. depends on the myth, which myth, whether it was 12 pieces or many pieces. Um, and um, he was supposedly put back together in some way, shape, or form. Same thing with uh, Osiris, um, put back together, and his, his wife supposedly either fabricated his, his private parts or his private parts were given to her by Dagon the fish god because he was scattered across the waters. It all depends on what version of the myth, but it's always got this weird, twisted, perverse idea behind it that she was able to impregnate herself with the dead body of her husband, and that's probably because she had um, someone else's child in her, and whether or not that was um, a, a child from a fallen angel or a child from another lover, we're really not sure. But that's all part of the mythology and why it was that this came to, to, to birth, this idea of the virgin and child, this, this ancient um, uh, myth that we focus on the, on the woman and not the actual Messiah himself. So, and it's important to remember that that was the, the, um, the birth of the actual birth of theology and doctrine behind Loyola and the, what we now call the Jesuits. So the Jesuits have become basically... Uh, I call them Satan's special forces. They have insinuated themselves all throughout history, and they are experts in infiltration. They've been thrown out of just about every country where they've been uh, as, uh, as emissaries and ambassadors because they immediately found to have um, insinuated themselves to be a murdering kings, murdering high officials to strengthen their power. Uh, and in the long run, they, they take this, this oath of undying loyalty to the point of uh, being a, an actual cadaver, and they will use the, 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 the poignard or the garret or, or uh, uh, poison to, to further their means. They have no problem, no qualms of ripping pregnant women open, just as it says, in, interestingly, in Scripture of what evil nations have done to Israel. And, and so uh, they, and, and every, every nation that they've been in, they've been thrown out of. 
And, and the ones that have really ticked them off have been the nations that have been horribly abused in, through their machinations of war. They've created war, um, particularly, uh, give you an example, Russia, Alexander I, Tsar, um, was, uh, threw them out in 1820. And it was as a result of that that uh, they created communism. They created communism in the reductions in the, in the late 1700s in South America. And they turned that into a horrible weapon. Oh, by the um, way, they, they did it here, too. You bet. You uh, bet. They, and they definitely did, right in our own backyard. <laughs> they, they, they were, they were, um, had, had done so much harm, Mike, that they were eventually, even Catholic sovereigns were begging the Pope, do something about these out-of-control Jesuits. Because even when we're loyal to you, they're still destroying our, our nation. They're insinuating themselves. And so uh, Clement XIII had finally made up his mind. He was going to disband the Jesuits, and he died. He was assassinated by the Jesuits, and uh, Clement XIV was able to follow up from his predecessor, and he disbanded and, and suppressed the Jesuits in 1773. And he was murdered, too. And he was murdered by a, a poison that was so terrible that poor Clement XIV began to decompose his body again, to decompose before he was even dead. Uh, his, his tongue, his flesh shriveled up. Uh, it was a very, very painful death. The Jesuits are some evil people. And, uh, and he, Clement XIV, said, I, I knew it was going to come. I had no idea it was going to be this bad, something to that effect. And so by no coincidence, Mike, that the Lord gave the United States uh, a, a few years to be created. They were suppressed in 1773 and not reinstituted until their, their puppet Napoleon uh, had, had put them back in power in 1814. And by that time, it was too late. The Bill of Rights was, was written, added to the Constitution, and even though they still had power at the time, they were working through um, their emissaries in Russia. I'm afraid Catherine the Great had allowed them to run to, uh, from, from Italy to, to, to Russia to, as, as a place to repair. Um, Catherine was uh, you know, a, a product of the, um, the Enlightenment, I'm afraid, and she was not a, a born-again Christian. She was a friend to the Revolution, but she was she was used by the Jesuits and used by Rome, and so that's that was their base of operation during this time, and it wasn't until they created Napoleon with uh, Abbey Joseph Size was their the Jesuit that had helped to fabricate Napoleon on Corsica. It's very interesting to note, Mike, that every single sovereign that they create, that they manipulate, that they create a puppet out of to do harm and, and horrible uh, uh, treason to the nations they have targeted, is never natural born. Um, Napoleon was, was uh, Corsican. Um, Adolf Hitler was uh, Austrian. He, he was not German. Uh, Stalin, Stalin was, a, was a Jesuit pig uh, from, from Georgia who, who did horribly, horrible things to the good Russian people, good Christian Slavs. And of course, we have uh, you know, Barack Hussein Obama. Lord only knows where he's from, either Kenya or from, he may have actually been from Hawaii, but born from that uh, uh, communist pedophile, Frank Marshall Davis. The bottom line is we're not allowed to know where he's actually born. He's absolutely malignant for good reason, for good cause. So it was Napoleon Bonaparte was created by, by Rome to help uh, destroy the Huguenots, to punish their enemies, um, and to bring them back to power. And exactly what he did, Pius VI was the pope at the time. Uh, Napoleon immediately imprisoned him, and he died in prison within a few weeks. A new pope was, was, was uh, um, uh, elected by the Council of Cardinals. 
and he took the name Pius VII. He was also immediately imprisoned. And for some reason, Mike, he took the hint, and he reinstituted the Jesuits and was released from prison shortly after that in 1814. <laughs> And uh, it's fascinating. There's, there's letters between uh, John Adams and, and Thomas Jefferson about how they, they tremble for the reinstitution uh, or the reinstitution of the Jesuits. Uh, and they unfortunately are also products of the Enlightenment. And so they were not able to make the critical, um, the, the critical decisions of saying, well, wait a minute, this egalitarian idea of all religion is equal is, is actually not true. Some religions are insurgencies. Some religions are political animals that intend to cause us harm, and they should not be treated as religions. And so um, they had this exchange. And as a result of their, their concerns, their written concerns over the Jesuits, they were both murdered. They were murdered on the same day. Anybody who thinks that it's a coincidence that Jefferson and Adams died within four hours of each other on uh, July 4th in 1826 is an idiot. Isn't it, there's a reason why the Jesuits murder people um, on important dates because they're so good at assassination. That's their only calling card, the coincidence of an important date. Ian Paisley, God bless him, God rest his soul, died uh, apparently on September 11th. The announcement for his death was made on September 12th. And September 11th, it's actually been reported by some scholars to have been the birth of Christ, which is why they, uh, the Luciferians ha- have desecrated that date. So um, anytime you see someone dying on a significant date, it's, it's, it's a, a calling card that they may have been assassinated. So, um, and, and this brings us to my, my book, Illuminati Mass, and why I named it what I did. A lot of times you have these, look, if, if it's popular, hey, Mike, do you, you make a lot of money at your show, with your show that you have? I don't make any money. There you go, brother. <laughs> and there's a good reason. And there's a good reason. I don't make a lot of money. Um, I don't make any money from anything that I, that I um, uh, do on my podcast or on my website. And I don't even bother with advertisement because advertisement spam is actually designed to, to dissuade people. It's a stupid crap that you get on these spam advertisements. It's offensive. So I don't even bother with I make any money myself. I'm, I'm, money from the book is trickling in, and there's a reason for that, brother. If it's successful, if it's popular, if it's making money, Alex Jones, David Icke, they're, they're being, uh, you know, going around the world and, and speaking, making uh, millions of dollars, it's co-opted. It's designed to dissuade you or distract you from who the real enemy is. So um, uh, these people like to call the enemy globalists. Globalists doesn't tell you anything. Illuminati. Illuminati doesn't tell you anything. It's actually a ridiculous uh, uh, term uh, named to call, hearken the enlightened ones, the, the ones, the, the elite, uh, those who are enlightened in a, in a Freemasonic vein. But they, they never really hit. In fact, Freemasons, Alex Jones, when was the last time Alex Jones hit Freemasons very hard? He didn't even hit that very hard, and Freemasons aren't the ones in charge. They're just the foot soldiers of the Luciferian elite. But they're so powerful that he won't touch them either. Uh, and it's the Jesuits that have taken over the Freemasons anyway. And so uh, it was this realization, I came upon this fact, that the Illuminati, so-called Illuminati, which is, is a sect of Freemasons, that was created in 1776 while the Jesuits were being suppressed, in an effort to give them uh, a separate face that they could enact their power through because they had been suppressed and everybody was tracking the Jesuits were malignant. And so they had to create a new organization. Well, who founded the, the Illuminati? The Illuminati were founded by a Jew by the name of Adam Weishaupt. Now, Adam Weishaupt was actually a Catholic convert, but many people know him as a Jew for good reason. 
it was the uh, the forerunners of the Jesuits, the Knights Templar, who had made themselves rich through the um, the Crusades. They had um, uh, stolen gold and, and treasures from the Middle East and, and had created what we know today as modern banking with uh, usury and uh, all of its exploitation. And they had become so powerful that uh, uh, Philip of France uh, pushed to have them suppressed. And their, uh, their leader, um, uh, de Monet, was um, tortured and executed, and Jacques de Molay, I'm sorry, Jacques de Molay was tortured and executed, captured, tortured, and executed. And this was a powerful lesson to the Luciferian elite, to those in Rome, that they would never again allow their own faces, their own names to be behind their power, particularly the power of banking. And so from this point onward, they always took puppets, and the puppets were um, usually Jews, because they, uh, from the Inquisition, they, they absolutely despised the Jews. They, they took the, the biblical truth of the pain of Christ and being rejected by his chosen people, and they spun it off to a, a demonic degree to this extreme hatred of Jews to the point where they were behind the Holocaust. They were behind uh, both the Nazi and the Communist Holocaust. And so for, since um, uh, October 13, 1307, so-called Unlucky Black Friday, um, they have changed their tactics and they put Jews forth as their bankers. And, and that was why they chose Adam Weishaupt, who was, a, as I said, a Catholic convert to create the so-called Illuminati. Weishaupt uh, had received a Jesuit education starting at the tender age of seven. He was uh, taught and trained by Jesuits, so much so that he eventually began to teach canon law, which are the precepts of the workings of the Roman Catholic Church, at Jesuit Ingolstadt, Ingolstadt University. And um, so he had been doing this for years and years, and, and he instituted on May 1st, May Day, in 1776, the so-called Illuminati. And anyone that claims to be an expert on the Illuminati and never touches the Jesuit angle on this is a fraud. They're either a fraud or they're, they're criminally negligent in their subject matter. So there's quite a few people out there that like to say Illuminati this, Illuminati that, uh, and never, ever, ever point back to Rome. They're either co-opted, corrupted, or have no idea what they're talking about. I agree with you. Have you read uh, uh, Tupper book, uh, Rulers of Evil? Tracking it? It's on my list. I haven't read it yet. I strongly recommend you to do that. And he will introduce you to the uh, the Illuminati and how uh, Ignatius Loyola was part of that before he became a Jesuit. Yeah, outstanding. And they whipped they whipped it so much, so to the point where we now have. And, and the reason why it's so successful, um, they anytime you get into onto a message board, onto a posting. Um, of who's behind the New World Order, you'll always get these guys, Mike, that are, it's the Jews, it's the Zionists, uh, it's Israel. And in reality, what it is, is that it's Rome behind select Jews. They own Israel just as much as they own the United States, just as much as they own Great Britain, just as much as they own the West, and they have a pretty good hand, handle, I'm afraid, on new Christian Russia, reborn Christian Russia. They still have plenty of Freemasons and Jesuits running things there, but 
Um, it, I'm hoping that it's not as complete and total control as they have in the United States. But Israel is manipulated by the, the, the Freemasonic traitor scum just as much as they are here. And so they, they put this, uh, this face of it's the Jews, and it's sickening because people disconnect their brains. They get wrapped up into this mindless, emotion-driven prejudice and hatred against Jews when they only have a half-truth that the, uh, the, the, the Rothschilds or George Soros or any other Jewish name is, is behind the world order. No, no, no. They're there. They're doing harm. They're only cogs in a wheel. You're seeing them because you're being allowed to see them. This is the most powerful entity in the world. It is the whore of Babylon. They have all the gold. They have all the military. They have all the intelligence agencies. And they, you see what they allow you to see. You know the name of Rothschild, but you've never heard the names of Orsini or Breakspear or Eldo Brandini or De Medici. These are names that have gone throughout history as the most powerful evil people in the world, all inbreds. David Icke is spot on. They're inbreds because they're, they're, they're trying to um, maintain genetic impurities that allow them, I believe as a Christian, to be more easily demon-possessed. But as for actual alien reptilians, that, that's full of, full of crap. Uh, um, there might be an affinity for uh, reptiles because they maximize power and minimize the, the godly, the, the spark of emotion that we see in advanced mammals. But I don't think there's anything more to it than that. Um, and so it's, it's another dodge, it's another bit of disinformation that you get from, from, from someone like David Icke. But um, just proof, here's, here's the, the proof America's a captured operation. We have this so-called Muslim communist that runs this country, right? Um, the number of appointments that this guy has made, Barack Obama, that are connected to the Catholic Church, that are connected to people who have been Jesuit educated, once you're aware of this, Mike, you have the ability to sniff this out yourself. Um, his latest uh, uh, pick, his latest appointment to chair the Joint Chiefs of Staff, this, this turd, this Luciferian, Joseph Dunford, this high traitor that has the nerve to wear a Marine Corps uniform, where did he come from? He was Jesuit educated at Georgetown. George, Jesuit Georgetown is the epicenter of where the Vatican, where the Rome controls the United States through. And I go pop up Washington Post, and who do I see? I see this puppet Obama, and next to him, this clown, this thug Joe Biden, Catholic Joe Biden, who's received his... Um, his Jesuit uh, seal of satisfaction from Jesuit Scranton in Pennsylvania. Uh, he, is the real, he is the real power behind this, this administration. Um, uh, give you some other examples. In the House, okay, the House is a little bit harder to control because you have, what, 435 representatives there. They turn over every two years. Pretty good, pretty good system that if they don't stay on track, the people vote for them uh, every two years and they can get thrown out. So how do you control the House? You control the House by controlling the key positions and not necessarily trying to control every representative. Not too long ago, we had the Speaker of the House was Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, hard left, radical communist, demo, demo rat from California, the People's Republic of California. Uh, and where did Nancy Pelosi get her training from? Uh, all of her communist pro-abortion, the slaughter of babies, pro-homosexual ideals. She got it from her mentor, Stephen J. Privet. Stephen J. Privet, the Society of Jesus, a Jesuit. Stephen Privet was the man who gave her invocation when she became Speakerette of the House. Um, 
she was um, removed and taken, taken uh, the Speaker House was given to John Boehner. John Boehner, Catholic, was raised and uh, educated. And the first thing you look at is education. Then you look at um, uh, religion. And then you look at uh, religion of family members and uh, um, membership in secret societies. And if you put all those together, education, religion, membership in secret societies, uh, you've got it. Everyone in power, who's in power, will either be Jesuit, um, educated, Roman Catholic, member of a secret society, um, and that's it. That's everybody in power. So uh, Pelosi turned it over to John Boehner, gave her a nice big smooch on the face, uh, and Boehner was educated by Marianist Moeller High School and then went on to Jesuit Xavier College. Boehner installed the – oh, I'm sorry – Pelosi installed the first Catholic priest as house chaplain. Adams and Jefferson are rolling over in their graves. Donald P. Coughlin was the first Catholic priest that she instituted as house chaplain. And Boehner instituted the first Jesuit as house chaplain, Patrick J. Conroy. And Pelosi and Boehner together are getting the new Jesuit pope to speak to a joint session of Congress to have his, his final Roman celebration the, the proof of total control of the United States by Rome uh, this fall. Was it the, uh, October, Mike? Do you know no, the exact September, date? September. 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 2031 shows up at the White House, and then the 24th is at the joint session of Congress. Yes, and we, we, will, we will throw down the rose petals and kiss his feet, kiss his ring like we're supposed to. Um, Ashton Carter, our new Secretary of Defense, he took over. It's amazing. Again, communist Muslim Barack Obama is picking all these Jesuit-trained Catholics to, uh, for his administration. Uh, Ashton Carter replaced Chuck Hagel. Chuck Hagel is Catholic light Episcopalian, uh, educated at um, – oh, wait, at, before I leave Ashton Carter. Ashton Carter was educated at St. John's Oxford. Look this up, St. John's Oxford, the Counter-Reformation College. He took over from Chuck Hagel, and I believe that Chuck Hagel, uh, Chuck Hagel, a very short uh, tenure, I am absolutely convinced that Hagel um, resigned because he got wind of a nuclear false flag that chilled him to the bone and said, I'm not going to be around when these high trader scum set off a nuclear bomb or a dirty bomb in uh, New York or Seattle or Chicago as they have planned. So uh, he was in and he was out. Hegel, uh, Episcopalian Catholic light, Hegel taught at Jesuit Georgetown. Hegel took over from Leon Panetta, whom I call Leon Pancetta, who was a, a no-name of uh, 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 California congressman until he was brought up to be uh, uh, Bill Clinton's chief of staff. Uh, he was also uh, uh, chairman of the Office of Management and Budget. So he's got this no-name guy, and all of a sudden he's a financial expert. He was resurrected by Obama to be both his his, uh, Secretary of Defense and the uh, director of the CIA. How does this guy get this kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, sense? Hey, this guy, he goes from OMB, from finance to to intelligence, to defense. What is his, his resume? His resume has only one thing on it. He was educated at... Santa Clara, the Jesuit College of the Silicon Valley. So uh, again and again and again. Oh, Bill Clinton. Let's talk about Bill Clinton for a minute. The great Bill Clinton, educated at Georgetown University. Everybody knows about Bill Clinton 
and Carol Quigley, Carol Quigley's book, Tragedy and Hope, uh, that, that turkey, Alex Jones, talks about it all the time, where, where uh, Bill Clinton was given this insight into the New World Order and how things are run, how things are run by bankers, and they're all connected, how um, these uh, centers of, of banking in London, London is just like the Vatican, it's its own city-state, its own sovereign city-state, rules don't apply, same thing in Washington, D.C., rules don't apply in Washington, D.C., it's its own city-state, city and it's interesting and important to note um, that Washington mimics Rome and the Vatican, you've got that massive, disgusting Washington Monument, which is the, the phallus of Osiris, is what that symbolizes, and it's right across the reflection pool of the rotunda, which is the womb of Isis. It's exactly the same setup that you have in Rome. You might as well call Washington, D.C. Little, little Rome. So uh, Bill Clinton uh, read Tragedy and Hope. He was actually taught by Carol Quigley. Where was he taught by Carol Quigley? This is something that Alex Jones will never talk about. He was taught at Jesuit Georgetown. Right. So again and again and again, Mike, all you got to do is do a little bit, scratch the surface. Where were these people educated? Um, uh, uh, and he took over from the Bush Nazi crime family. They were both empowered on a mountain of cocaine by the CIA. The CIA is totally and completely controlled by Vatican, by Rome. And I got plenty on that if you want to go into that. Sure, we can. The CIA is the, uh, as uh, one of my previous guests would call, uh, Catholics in action. There you go. Oh, there you go. That, that's spot on. Catholics in action, Catholic intelligence agency. The CIA was founded. Uh, look, the, the Jesuits. Um, uh, were, were, had the, the greatest intelligence network uh, of all time. E. Howard Hunt said so. I uh, got it uh, as a soundbite in his documentary where he was talking about um, uh, overthrowing, I believe it was um, Guatemala. Was um, when I'll, I'll look it up um, when I get a chance. Um, the, the, the greatest intelligence agency is, is in Rome. And so... Uh, they were they were there at the founding of the OSS. The OSS was founded by uh, Irish Catholic Wall Street lawyer William Donovan. That that uh, I would dig his remains up and and, and defecate on myself because he was such a high trader. Um, he actually was was awarded needlessly awarded a Medal of Honor. And I, I challenge anyone to go and read his citation. Anyone who's performed the military, read his Medal of Honor citation, and you'll ask. He said, "This is Medal of Honor. It's like a bronze bronze star with with valor. Nowhere near should this have gotten the Medal of Honor." He was he was picked for them. He created the OSS, um, and he was 100% the Vatican's man, um, and was given the Order of Saint Sylvester by Hitler's Pope Pius XII in 1944 before the war was even over. That's how much he was the Vatican's man. Um, again and again, the Vatican took good men, good people who either wanted to win the war or end the war, from um, Rommel to uh, uh, Yamamoto to George Patton, and murdered them all. Murdered them all. They forced uh, um, Rommel to commit suicide. They uh, shot Yamamoto out of the sky in a targeted assassination, and William Donovan had an OSS assassin by the name of Douglas Bozata murder George Patton, uh, wounded him terribly and with a, uh, a pneumatic uh, special gun that shot debris as opposed to a projectile. He went to the hospital. His neck was broken, and he was such a tough, uh, forgive my language, bastard that he actually started to recover. But we couldn't let him recover 
the traitors, the treason scum, Eisenhower, Marshall, Bradley, all treason scum, couldn't let him come out and, and talk about how the, uh, the Jesuit-created communists were fabricated, were, in, were enabled to be the next follow-on enemies. Patton was repeatedly held back from any World War II. It could have ended World War II two years earlier with his brilliance. Um, he could not be allowed to stay alive, especially after the war, hot, too dangerous, a good patriot. Um, and so they, uh, 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 this, this is the calling card of the Jesuits. The OSS wounded him hardly, and when he found out he was going to recover, they turned it over to the NKVD, the Soviet intelligence agency, and they finished the job, and they are the ones that then murdered Patton. So when you see this interaction between supposed enemies, particularly supposed enemies in intelligence, that's the calling card. That it's all, all together. It's all Hydra. Cut one head off, you, you, uh, and another grows in its place. Um, I, I grew up on the, on the comic books. I love those comic book movies. There's all Luciferian, by the way. It's a shame. Marvel Comics and Hollywood. But uh, great lessons to be learned. And in order to teach those lessons, they have to give you plenty of truth. And I love what they did with some of the characters, the Captain America character, the, the super soldier, the transhuman. I still love what he stands for. Uh, and, uh, you know, Chris Evans does a great job playing that character. But uh, the Hydra is meant to show you in the, the second Captain America movie. Uh, love that movie. Uh, that Luciferian uh, uh, Robert Redford, uh, they're all members of a secret society that, that controls S.H.I.E.L.D. and the CAA from behind the scenes. They're giving each other uh, secret handshakes and they're whispering each other, Hail Hydra. They're telling you what they do. You substitute Hydra with the Jesuits. Um, and they're, they're giving you these lessons. If you have the eyes to see it, you can actually see it. So the, the CIA has been co-opted and controlled ever since its inception. There's no way... Uh, these, these, these Catholic families that have been infiltrating the United States, I, I tell people, um, look, the, the very first one with the Carroll family uh, began at the inception of the United States, and you have uh, traitors like the Family Research Council, co-opted, corrupted traitors. Uh, I'm afraid to say Tony Perkins, another one in the family, had the, the former Marine that, that you betrayed your country, Perkins, and I'm, I'm sure you're aware of what you've done who allowed the Carroll family as this, this bastion, this foundation of the America's founding, nothing more than Catholic insurgents. Uh, I believe it was um, John Carroll. John Carroll, who uh, was a Jesuit who founded the boys' school. They loved little boys of Georgetown that grew into the, the center that it is today. Um, and um, uh, from the Carroll family, we have, uh, we can jump to the, the Surratts. The Surratts were the, the invisible family behind the murder of Abraham Lincoln. John, so everybody talks about uh, John Wilkes Booth, but nobody knows he wasn't the only one behind the murder of the, the lone gunman lie. It was the entire Surratt family, devoutly Catholic. Mary Surratt, her son John, was, was, was training to become a, uh, a Catholic priest. After the, uh, the murder of Lincoln, uh, John Surratt uh, ran. He uh, uh, went across Europe. He went through um, Rome. He was uh, helped by, by Catholic priests who disguised the Catholic priests at one point. He was captured in Egypt and brought back. And surprise, surprise, it was declared, excuse me, a mistrial. And John Surratt went on to live a ripe, ripe old age, and I got news for everybody. John Wilkes Booth, there's evidence that Wilkes Booth was not executed as well. And Wilkes Booth uh, was a member of Albert Pike's um, Knights of the Golden Circle. Well, guess what? He was one of those rare... Uh, never heard of Catholics 
who was also a Freemason. That's just the, one of the biggest lies of all time, is that the Catholic Church is, is vehemently opposed to the Freemasons. They're, they absolute today, they have absolute full control over the Freemasons. It's a complete dodge. Um, and then uh, I use these examples from the Carroll family to the Surratt's to the, uh, the Dulles family, the Catholic Dulles family that, that um, was the foundation behind the execution of John F. Kennedy in broad daylight, uh, blew his brains out in broad daylight um, because of all the, uh, uh, the things that he was going to do to put America on the right track. And, and honestly, it's a shame because I, I believe that if, if Kennedy wasn't such a, a moral reprobate, um, wasn't screwing everything that moved, he might have had, had been um, protected more by, by Christ, by the, by the shield of Christ. But unfortunately, uh, I also believe that it was his own sin that was undoing. But everybody knows about Kennedy of, of wanting to um, smash the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the four winds. He was going to allow Congress to print silver certificates um, to start to counter the fraud of the Federal Reserve the two greatest enemies of the United States are the CIA and the Federal Reserve. Actually, all the, the intelligence agencies, FBI, NSA, CIA. Uh, now, you, if you were to destroy them, America would become healthy again, but, but uh, you have to really destroy the, uh, the, the actual head of the dragon in Rome. But the Dulles family, um, they were behind the, the, the murder of Kennedy, uh, and the CIA was behind the betrayal of the good Cuban patriots in the Bay of Pigs. I, I want to say it was McGeorge Bundy, I have to look it up real quick, who, who pulled back their air cover again and again and again. The, the Catholic insurgents have betrayed good patriots, um, Romania, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, Cuba, again and again. These are good patriots that looked to um, the CIA to help them. The CIA says, yes, go, we're behind you. Throw off the chains of communism, and at the last minute, the scum and the CIA pulled the rug out from any of these people and allowed these people to be murdered, executed, captured, and tortured by the Jesuit-created communists. Um, and they had the nerve to take this and throw it on Kennedy, whom they also murdered, and said, well, Kennedy really didn't want to take Cuba over, so uh, good people in the CIA just went too far, and he goes, no, 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 no. No, Kennedy wanted to win. He wanted to win or pull out, win or pull out of Vietnam, win or pull out of Cuba, win or pull out of, of the Cold War, and that just wasn't going to be allowed to happen. Luciferians are making too much money off of war, off of the Cold War, uh, and so they weren't going to allow it to happen. How is it possible, Mike, that uh, the CIA and the, Dulles, the scumbag Dulles family, um, uh, John Foster Dulles was the Secretary of State, Alan Dulles was the Director of CIA, uh, we're surprised that, that, uh, that Kenny made him step down and that scum, that, that turd uh, um, Johnson put him on the, uh, the Warren Commission. Really? I mean, how stupid is America? Uh, well, so, the Dulles brothers, too. One of them is a Jesuit priest. So. Uh, John Foster Dulles had a son by the name of Avery, and it was Avery was Dulles it, that was the Jesuit priest is the nephew of Alan Dulles, the son of John Foster Dulles. So what a coincidence, a Jesuit priest. You look at uh, Spelly's War, Vietnam. You know, oh, you but, bet. All controlled, you know, all controlled yeah. through, through the um, uh, Cardinal Spellman in New York. New York is the dark archdiocese that is the uh, it's Little Rome, the epicenter of, of control. Uh, Jesuit Georgetown is where they, they control things in Washington, D.C., but the overall control is, uh, is in, in the Diocese of New York. And I'll tell you, if I see... Well, they, they, call, they call that Little Vatican in New York, and uh, Washington, D.C. is Little Rome. 
The Vatican of the West is Louis, uh, uh, St. Louis, by the way. You know, if you do that. <laughs> I'm tracking, brother. I, I will look further into that, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, well, it's where a lot of these uh, things, you know, it's the heartland. You know, it's the, the center of the, uh, the country is St. Louis. Logically, that's where it would be. That's where a lot of these uh, cults started to flourish and blossom out of uh, St. Louis. Well, you bet. It was, it was um, Edward Cardinal Egan. And, and by the way, um, if you hear someone say uh, first cardinal, last name like that, it's because these people think that they are, are uh, political royalty. It's the same way as saying Alfred Lord Tennyson. They're, they're using that way of, of um, uh, uh, speaking of their, their Catholic hierarchy because they believe that they are, have political power. It was Edmo, Edward Cardinal Egan, Archdiocese of New York in 2001, who was placed there by John Paul II to uh, manipulate their, their puppet, George J. Tennant, Georgetown Jesuit educated, to conduct the greatest treason to date of 9-11, uh, and their man, Christian Brothers Educator Rudolph the Cross Dresser Giuliani, was there in, uh, in New York City to see it done, and uh, he was the federal prosecutor that made sure that their satanic experimentation on the children of, of soldiers at West Point was covered up, and so Giuliani proved that he was a good Luciferian uh, gatekeeper, and so he was given the, um, the mayor... mayoral. <laughs> mayorship of uh, New York City during this incredible treasonous event. So every one of these events, they have their key figures there involved. Um, Skull and Bones, they, they control it all. Uh, a great example of, of the Skull and Bones Catholic connection is, is John Catholic Carey, supposed Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones, uh, uh, William F. Buckley, that this supposed um, conservative uh, National Review, high, high Catholic traitor, high Catholic traitor. They bow to Rome. Uh, they control all these secret societies, Mike. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep on going, brother. You know what? Yeah. You're speaking what's in my mind. <laughs> God bless you with the, the, I guess, or that Italian blood of yours to speak and talk and talk. You know, I do the research. <laughs> and I try to do it on the show. And I, I usually just do the readings. But if you, uh, you know, everything you're saying pretty much is on par um, to, for the reality. Good. Well, I, I, I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. There's no reason to blow any smoke up your terrier because, you know, let's face it, they're just two bozos well, on the bus. We're two bozos on the bus. We're not out to try to make a buck, and we're not trying out to win the world over. We're just trying to share the truth with people. So there's no reason for me to say anything other. If you were saying anything that was way off, I would certainly be saying something about it. So uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I think that gives us credence, the fact that um, – <laughs> We're, we're not making a lot of money on what we're doing. But more importantly, Mike... We're not making any money. In fact, never yeah. about that. It was never about popularity. It never was about money. It never was about fame. It was never about... I mean, there might have been moments where we thought it, but in the end, it never was about that because this is the path we've taken, the truth. And it's very unpopular, and it's very unsettling, and it's very disturbing. And if you do not have... The, you know, the Holy Spirit in you and Christ dwelling in you to deal with this, you will go nuts. Well, period dot bingo, brother. Period dot bingo. I would never, <laughs> I would never recommend. If you get into this, 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 the, the evil, um, any number of these issues that these Luciferians are behind, from child sex slavery, child sacrifice that is conducted by our intelligence agencies, MI6 and the CIA. 
the, um, the, there's no greater drug traffickers around the world than the intelligence agencies, the Western intelligence agencies that are all run by Rome. These are things that um, the Jesuits and the Vatican and the whore of Babylon will kill for. They absolutely will kill for. Uh, and, and I would not recommend trying to wake people up to these unless you have the, uh, the blood of Christ covering you. And, um, and, and by the way, they also use those same things. We talk about the drugs, heroin, and all that as a way to kill. And if you look at what's happened since Afghanistan and um, with the um, reestablishment of the poppy, poppy trade, the poppy seals, and the, they've been sending and shipping all that, I don't know what it is, some high-grade heroin. Oh, I never used it. But I was a guy one time before I saved a... a was a new ager and all that kind of stuff and uh, sponsoring guys and i could tell you the past five or excuse me past uh almost 15 years now well 14 13 years <clears throat> the the number of deaths from the heroin that's been coming from afghanistan is astonishing i know dozens of people from the ages of 18 to then their uh 70s that have died from this stuff. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, there's good reason why the Taliban was suppressing the growth of poppy and the manufacture of, of heroin and cocaine. And now, thanks to the United States military, production in Afghanistan is up over 300%. It's yeah. absolutely despicable. Uh, and every time I walk through an airport and I had some good American, some, some wayward American soul, thank me for my service and then turn around and hold their arms up like they're a prisoner of war and go through a naked body scanner, I just have to shake my head because they're good people. They just have no idea that the, the war on terror is just another manufactured war designed to take good Americans, drop them into a meat grinder because the Luciferians hate us and hate our, that, that, that puppet, uh, Bush, that scumbag puppet that had the nerve to mock us and say, oh, the, the, um, the Muslim the terrorists have attacked us because they hate our freedoms. Oh, you're close, buddy. No, no, your masters, the Jesuits, are the ones that hate our freedoms. They created communism and the, uh, the reductionist settlements in South America. They finalized it. Um, they, they picked their man, another, another Jewish front man, um, uh, Moses Levy, Karl Marx, they, they were teaching him as a small child in Trier in the Catholic bastion of Protestant Germany, and they um, um, uh, raised him up thanks to information from ex-Jesuit Alberto Rivera, who told us that the, um, the fact that it was good reason that, that Marx created communism in a, a private reading room at the British Museum. Why was Marx in a private reading room? Why did he need such seclusion to create communism? It's because it was being spoon-fed to him by the Jesuits to become a, a vicious tool of, um, of oppression and murder and enslavement. Uh, and the Jesuits, who are masters at, at controlling education and rewriting history, have shown us that Oh, well, you, you want to uh, show the embodiment of evil? It's the Nazis, which, who, by the way, were also created by the Jesuits. That's right. Uh, Himmler, <laughs> Himmler uh, his, his father, his uncle was a Jesuit. He patterned the SS after the Jesuits. Um, Bernard Stempel. Strong, strong evidence that they actually wrote Mein Kampf. 
Bernard Stample was the Jesuit who, who ghost wrote Mein Kampf for Hitler. Hitler was, a, was an invalid, an idiot that couldn't write uh, two words, put two words together. So it's Bernard Stample that was the Jesuit. He re- rewrote it for him. Uh, Pius XII um, uh, made sure that the Nazi party was completely enabled there. And then uh, as a matter of history, it was the, the Catholic Church that created the rat lines that helped uh, Operation Paperclip to have these Luciferians come to create the... Um, uh, intelligence and biological warfare and and the lie that is NASA and space exploration, the real perversion that takes place there, brought all those Nazis over here to the United States to further on the, the Fourth Reich, which is at the heart is, is, is Jesuit uh, controlled. But um, I wanted to throw out more on the on how if you if you know what to look for, Mike, you can see it all from being Catholic to being educated. Now, granted, just being Catholic does not mean you're, you're for the New World Order, does not mean you work for the, for the Jesuits. However, it's going to cloud your loyalty. It's going to cloud your judgment, and it's easier for a Catholic in a position of power to be co-opted. So that's the thing we need to look out for. Well, they, but, have, uh, they have a dual loyalty. They have uh, first to uh, the papacy and then, then to the country. Bingo, bingo. And, and, that, and that's the reality. And, you know, the papacy, it's... The hierarchy of the papacy, the Jesuits, are the reasons why they have the positions that they have. Whether they realize that or not, many of them, I believe, don't even realize that until later on when they're fully oh, you bet. Enveloped, you bet. enveloped into the, the system. But the reality is they give them the positions, they give and take it. And it's uh, you know, another reason why we're supposed to come out of our people. <laughs> right. The vast, the vast majority of people that are used and exploited by the Jesuits have very little knowledge of, they, they have just enough knowledge to know not to do and say the wrong thing. There's no direct control. They don't go to a Jesuit priest and get the marching orders. They just know, wow, I've been covering for the Jesuits and I've been empowered. So let me go ahead and keep doing what they want me to do. Uh, and, and the vast majority of them just know that they're on the easy track, and so they're going to continue on with how they do things. So either the Jesuits directly or indirectly through secret societies, the Freemasons, there's a, a great – you can look this up on the Internet, uh, and we have to reiterate that Google is not a verb. It's the official search engine of the satanic New World Order. So we say Internet query or Internet search. Look for – uh, the Walter Scott hoax shooting, and look for uh, something like CNN Walter Scott Officer Debriefs Superior, and you'll come up with a story by CNN of this cop who supposedly shot the black man Walter Scott. And if you watch the video, you're thinking this guy sh- uh, shot this this um, Walter Scott with a Glock 21 and 45 caliber Glock 21. He threw out like nine shots, oblivious, supposedly, and the, and the cops do do this, uh, bad cops do this all the time, of uh, prey and spray, oblivious of, of, of collateral damage. Supposedly hit Scott with at least five rounds from a 45, and you watch Scott fall down, he looks like it's some kind of a slow-motion, bad, B-grade movie. There's no way, and you know, you've seen someone be uh, shot by a firearm before, and once you hit that kill shot, they drop. They absolutely drop. They go lifeless. And so it's clearly was, 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 was that in itself was a joke. But if you pull up that CNN uh, story, the first picture on the front page is this idiot cop with his left pant leg rolled up just the way they do in a free Masonic um, vow indoctrination ceremony. 
and it's telling you, he's telling you how it is possible that your own law enforcement to protect and serve is betraying you. They have a, a, a loyalty to it, a malignant force that is needlessly stirring racial strife. And how is it that they can conduct a, a hoax and a psyop against uh, their, their, own, their own constituents, their own people, their cops? They're supposed to be doing the right thing? That's because they're Freemasons in positions of power. They've been selected to pull off these hoaxes and psyops, and the Freemasons today are absolutely under the complete and total control of the Vatican, of the Jesuits. And, and this actually has been going back for, for years. Uh, another great example. Yeah, you know, bringing that up, I'm going to talk about that. This oh, go. Because it seems like when we talk about the, uh, the, so the Jesuits, Freemasonry, um, the Vatican, all that, uh, at this point, it seems to be a wash. In other words, no one's running anybody. They're all part of the same thing. It's all part of what we call the Illuminati. Uh, let me explain what I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to say here is there's not... Uh, in order to be at the top, say to be a black pope or to be one of... you know, Basically, we have two of them right now. We also have two white popes. Um, that you have to not only be a Jesuit, but you have to be a Freemason. You have to be a member of other secret societies. It would be knighthood and all this other stuff. You have to be really in the know. And so what I'm saying is, is that at this point, who's running who? I don't. I think they're all just part of the same satanic system, and it really doesn't really matter who's running the who at this point because they're all in bed together. Well, if, if you were to say, let's let's say that the the um, the good Lord did something tomorrow where there was great unrest and there was a a massive push for resistance, it may or may not be an actual civil war here in America. Um, I have no idea how the tables are going to be turned. The tables will be turned. It's going to start with information, the information that you and I are giving out, Mike. But um, down the road, if we were empowered to really make a difference, if we were empowered to take control back, and you and I said, okay, um, Johnny, Mike, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that we go after the Freemasons and the Jesuits. I would say, done, good. Uh, that's all that really matters. For yeah. me personally... <laughs> For me personally, I believe that the Jesuits are in control. The Freemasons answer to the Jesuits because um, uh, it's just the way that they have been co-opted and controlled. The, um, the Jesuits who are Freemasons are, are just um, allow themselves to be seen as Freemasons. The Jesuits have the knowledge that the Freemasons have. They, they are experts in the black arts, black magic, the, the, the cosmology, modern cosmology. I recommend that people get into examining the idea of uh, whether the, the earth is flat or round, whether gravity is, is an actual force of nature, uh, the vacuum of space, how does the atmosphere stay if there's a vacuum in space. All these things are important to understand because you can trace it back, evolution, um, the Big Bang. Again and again and again, the Vatican and the Jesuits are found to be at the center of these cosmologies of these doctrines oh yeah you have you're right i mean we call them the jesuits they call themselves the jesuits but we're talking about ultimately what i'm saying i guess it's the priestcraft what is the priestcraft ultimately there i i mean from my research has come to at the top i know it's going to sound kind of far-fetched for many but they're basically which is wizards, they're uh, sorcerers, they're witches, that's what they are. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're diviners, they're all these things that we find so oppressive and we warn in the Bible not to be a part of. 
that's what they are. Um, the priest class. Now, of course, they use all sorts of different techniques to manip- manipulate us and all that. I know it sounds kind of far-fetched what I'm saying. No, I, I personally agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. In fact, uh, um, a Luciferian, a well-known Luciferian named Helena Blavatsky bears that out and, and calls the Jesuits uh, practitioners of, of the black arts. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, that's that's how they tap into that. That's, that's how they um, um, have given over to their chosen one the power and the knowledge and the technology they have to do what they've done to this to this very day. See, this is the, the dilemma that we have, too, in talking to other people, because people will say, well, I know about Jesuits. I was educated by Jesuits. They were wonderful people. They did great things for me. And they don't, it's, the Jesuits are uh, uh, similar to the, the hierarchical structure of Freemasonry. So there's a lot of Jesuits that are low-grade Jesuits that don't really know what the top's doing. Well, that's that's done in both Freemasonry and and the Jesuits. There are yeah. degrees that they have yeah. learned, and you go through these degrees over an entire lifetime of doing evil things. And the more evil you conduct, the more uh, you have been blackmailed and co-opted and proven that you're on their team. That's the more trustworthy that you have shown to become, and then you rise up into the point where. Uh, you be brought into the, the innermost circles. So that's why they use these degrees to show that over time um, you're, you're, you're really a nasty individual, you're dedicated to Satan, you're going to do what you're told, uh, you're going to keep their secrets, and as a result you're, you're brought into the inner circle, you're given secret knowledge, you're given the idea, the knowledge of, of what the world really is, you're given you know, your, your nasty heart's desire where we're basically evil people and anything you can think of, um, you know, a child is a sex slave or, or is a sacrifice, you name it, you've got it. That's, that's what they offer to you. Uh, and so there are very few whistleblowers or very few people who leave. Uh, and, and when they do, they give us incredible knowledge like uh, Alberto Rivera, um, who was uh, almost certainly um, uh, murdered, poisoned. So, um, you know, they, these degrees they come up with, um, the, the degrees for, for proof, and it's interesting that um, after the, uh, uh, the Great Revolution in England to, that threw off the, the yoke of, uh, of the Catholic Church and instituted the, one of the first uh, uh, Protestant sovereigns in English history, James I, it was uh, uh, James II who sought to reinstitute the the papal reign, and he ran to the College of Clermont in Paris, where he went with the got together with the Jesuits to cre- to either create or to further Freemasonry. And it is well known. Uh, in fact, Doctor Albert Mackey, a uh, uh, high-level Freemason, admits that uh, James II in Clermont um, may have been behind the first 25 degrees of Freemasonry. Now, Mackey is himself a Freemason, and so he frequently says, well, the Jesuits tried to take over Freemasons, but we sniffed them out. Well, no. Uh, I, I firmly believe that, that uh, they had their hand on Freemasonry the whole time and to this very day. Now, they, uh, uh, they have full control. It's interesting to note that the, uh, the Scottish Rite Supreme Council, 33rd degree of uh, Gran Loggia uh, d'Italia, uh, GLDI, was founded in 1910 after a, a schism with the Grand Orient Italia, um, and the Church of the Jesu, the Mother Church of the Jesuits, 
they're located right next to each other in the Piazza del Gesù right there in uh, in Italy. What a coincidence. <laughs> um, you know, like we talked about, I don't remember if we talked about it before the show or during the show, that the uh, the Scottish Rite uh, U.S. Southern Jurisdiction abbreviates themselves, uh, Supreme Council, 33rd degree, abbreviates themselves as SJ, Southern Jurisdiction. Oh, Southern Jurisdiction, or is it Society of Jesus? The G in the center of... Um, the Masonic icon, many people think, uh, well, you know, was it, is that Gnosticism or what? Well, it could very well be the G for Jesu, which uh, does not point to Jesus. It points to the society of Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's what, uh, if you like to read uh, the book, uh, Rulers of Evil from Tupper Saucy, he points that out. Even that, uh, you know, that uh, when you see the, uh, this seal on the back of uh, the dollar bill with the all-seeing eye, that's just a Jesuit symbol. You bet. They're, they're intertwined, intimately intertwined. Um, uh, I, I believe that the, the head of the dragon, the head of the hydra, is actually uh, the Jesuit uh, uh, superior general. Uh, given that title as, as, a, uh, as a military, a martial force, because that's what they are. And uh, it's interesting that you remarked that um, old, old Benedict XVI there has stepped down. First time in 600 years that's happened in the Catholic Church so that we could have our first Jesuit Pope, uh, what most people don't know is that the current uh, Jesuit Superior General, Adolfo Nicolas, um, he took over from Peter Hans Kolbenbach. Peter Hans Kolbenbach stepped down, uh, almost certainly because the Jesuits are stepping up their machinations, wars, rumors of wars all over the world, so that now we have two black popes and two white popes and three of them are Jesuits. And the reason why is because they need all that extra leadership uh, and knowledge base in order to conduct these uh, endless, we have now false flags, I'm convinced, false flags and hoaxes going on in the United States and around the world just about once a week, really just about once a week. Yeah, I would be surprised. I mean, every time you look at something, what what happened there in uh, Texas, there was a supposedly attack by those ISIS totally staged or it's just endless everything i mean you bet boston bombing everything oh i ever every there's hardly anything that if it ends up on mainstream media and on cnn that isn't staged at this point (laughs) look if it's if it's on corporate controlled news it's staged it's propaganda uh it's hoaxed if it's real, it's not what you're being told. Good people were, were, were murdered by people in charge, by people in power and authority, if they were murdered at all. We have to remember, however, they have weaknesses, and one of those weaknesses is they have to have a, a large apparatus in order to conduct these psyops. And uh, one of the ways that they keep this large apparatus in line is, for instance, Sandy Hook. No kids were murdered at Sandy Hook. It's the only way that they had, had can co-opt an entire town. Most of them uh, Catholics that go to um, Monsignor Robert Weiss's uh, Rose of Lima. Uh, um, there's no way you can co-opt so many Americans and not at least throw them a bone and say, listen, we've got to conduct a PSYOP to destroy America, but, but trust us, no one really died. Um, same thing that may have happened with this, this big biker gang shootout. I'm seeing information online where these bodies don't look like bodies, and you've got the Cossacks and the scimitars. Come on, really? <laughs> the Cossacks and the scimitars? I was just looking at a, uh, information on the, the so-called Freddie Gray death, uh, 
in in Baltimore. And uh, Baltimore, we have to understand, is a Catholic stronghold. It was a colony created by the Catholic Church. George Calvert, Lord Baltimore, Catholic, is the one who created the Catholic colony of Maryland. Uh, And um, uh, Father, former priest Charles Chinicky, who was a, uh, uh, an advisor and confidant to Abraham Lincoln, wrote copiously on how the Vatican was behind both the Civil War and the murder of Abraham Lincoln. Um, and uh, it's by no coincidence that the first blood of the Civil War was drawn in Baltimore during a riot on the 19th of April. True. And so it's here, true. We have, here we have Freddie Gray, as in Confederate Gray, who's dying also in Baltimore on the 19th of April. What a coincidence. The, the Jesuit scum, the Vatican whore of Babylon scum, love to lift up their, their victims, make a big deal out of the Civil War because they were behind it, and make a big deal out of Lincoln because they, they, will, they will murder these people and they will lift them up as heroes after they had murdered them uh, to, to really capitalize off of it. And so, uh, and, and Lincoln um, was basically a good guy. I don't have time to get into uh, the things he did right, things he did wrong, but they absolutely were behind his murder, his death. And so, uh, you know, well, I, about everything you're, I, I believe that Lincoln, eventually the reason why they, they killed him is because he ended the war. There's a big part of it, brother. There's a big part it's of it. Because, you know, there was a lot, such, so much, you know, that, if you study the Civil War, it makes no sense. And there's no reason why it lasted as long as it did, except for the fact that there was a lot of money to be made in it and that there was still uh, things that they wanted to accomplish. Um, how many battles did they have that one side was winning and then they just pulled away? They didn't chase after them and finish the battle. Uh, look how close this, um, their, the rebels got to Washington, D.C., could have took it in the very early stages of the war, didn't bother to do it. I think that my impression is is that when it comes to Lincoln, that he just finally had a conscience. I don't know, something happened. He finally saw enough of a death and said, you know, enough's enough. I don't want to be part of this anymore. Maybe he just had enough because of his life. Maybe God finally was working in him. I don't know. I mean, in order to get to that point, you have to be kind of corrupt to begin with. <laughs> and uh, oh, here's an interesting thing too. Did you know that um, Lincoln and supposedly on the other side, uh, what's his name? Um, who is the leader of the? Uh, the Jeff- Jefferson Davis. Yeah, supposedly they're half brothers. Did you know That's that? Entirely possible. Yeah, entirely, I'm not. I wasn't aware of it. But it's entirely possible. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're you're spot on, brother. You're spot on. Uh, all all war, particularly modern war, is used to to make copious amounts of money for the Luciferians. It's used to drop the good people of a nation into a meat grinder because they hate us. And it's used to punish the enemies of Rome again and again. So um, uh, that, that is one of the best reasons. Look, Pat Tillman was murdered by papal puppet uh, Stanley McChrystal. Stanley, I like uh, homosexuals. Stanley, I hate uh, Fox News, which in and of itself is a psyop. Uh, McChrystal, the, the big special forces general, um, who, who was nothing more than another tool, both literally and figuratively, um, who, who murdered. I actually have the Associated Press. You can look this up, Associated Press, autopsy, Pat Tillman, three small 556 five, wounds to his head. These scum 
murdered Pat Tillman point blank. And if you're a ranger and you've got, you have knowledge on this and you haven't come clean, you're a traitor. You're a piece of crap traitor to have been on the inside. I don't care what you thought he was, whether he was an enemy or not. You don't do that. You don't execute your own point blank range, shoot him in the face. Um, Tillman was um, um, sending letters to Noam Chomsky and how he had become disillusioned. He was the poster child for the war effort. And just as you said, Mike, uh, because it was, they got wind of how he was going to come home and bad talk the war on terror, I think that is the main number one reason why he was murdered, is because he threatened the cash flow of the war on terror. Oh, yeah. Seems to be that way. Um, gosh, oh my. Hey, I, I wouldn't mind reading just a little bit out of this uh, uh, Rulers of Evil, since I'm looking at it. And, um, you got it, brother. It's just, we're talking about the Jesuits, and people might go, well, yeah, well, whatever, Jesuit, Jesuit, whatever. Let's hear what the definition of a Jesuit is. The term Jesuit was first used to describe a member of the Society of Jesus in 1559. Um, it did not originate from within the society, but from outsiders. Whether intended uh, derisively or respectfully, Jesuit does appear to have been inspired. We find in the Bible, Numbers 26-44, the mention of uh, Jesuits. These Jesuits were the, uh, I'm trying to, the progeny of Jesui, Jesui, that's J-E-S-U-I. And you might be better at pronouncing it than me, but I'm saying Jesui, who named in Hebrew is, which means, I'm not going to bother with the Hebrew, but it means level. Uh, the Jesuits certainly leveled the Protestant menace. Jezai was a great-grandson of Abraham. His father was the Israelite tribal chieftain, Asher, which means happy. At Genesis 49.20, Asher's posterity and divinely prophesied to, quote, yield royal dainties or delights their uniquely privileged access to the mind and will of kings has certainly enabled the Jesuits to yield copious harvests of royal delights. But in fulfilling their scriptural prophecy, the Jesuits seem to have alienated themselves from people who use the English language. This does not disappoint St. Ignatius. Quote, let us hope, end of quote. He once wrote, quote, that the society may never be left untroubled by the hostility of the world for very long, end of quote. Well, that's, that's, all, that's all fantastic information. I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, bump Cupper to the, the top of my list. Yeah. Uh, the, first, the first thing that comes to my mind, Mike, is that it's important to understand that um, just like any lie, any psyop, any hoax, any organization that does evil, they still have to find legitimacy in truth. And for we Christians, we, we know and understand that the way, the truth, and the life is the God-man, the God-king, um, Jesus Christ. So um, they, they need to draw that truth, not just through Christ, but also in the Hebrew scriptures and prophecies that speak of Christ. 
and that's why they interweave everything they do with uh, Christian and Hebrew ideology. Oh, yeah. Check this out. Let's go further with this. Uh, I'll read a little bit more of this. This is, this is not something new. This is not what we're making up. They've, they, do, they were talking about the Jesuits 200 years ago, folks, in this country, more trying to warn us. Look at this. Uh, America's first indigenous dictionary was compiled by uh, Noah Webster and published in 1828. His American Dictionary of the English Language reflects the place held by Jesuits and the opinion of the public whose senior citizens had brought forth the Declaration of Independence in the Constitution. Webster himself was 41 when the Constitution was ratified. Okay, Jesuits. One of Society of Jesus, so-called, founded by Ignatius Loyola, society remarkable for their cunning and propagating their principles, Jesuited conforming to the principles of the Jesuits. A Jesuitess, I don't know if you knew this, folks, but there's female Jesuits. A female Jesuit in principle, Jesuitic or Jesuitical, pertaining to the Jesuits for the principles and arts, designing, cunning, deceitful, provocating, Jesuitical, craftily. Jesuitism, the art and principles and practices of Jesuits. Cunning, deceit, hypocrisy, Provocation, deception, principles to the effect, uh, a purpose. And it goes on and on and on and on. Folks, even in our dictionary, people are trying to warn us of what a Jesuit was and what has never been hidden from us. But the fact is, we, you and I, the average person, we were educated in the public fool system that's controlled by the Jesuits. This is how they took control over this country through the education system. Right now I'm reading the Washington in the Lap of Rome on the show, and it's all about how uh, 100-plus years ago they took over this, the school system. And, and if you go more and more into it, so 100 years ago, Johnny, the, the top 50 universities in this country, it was mandatory to take a history class. Now only one. Just one example of how they corrupted the education system and have kept the average person. The average person doesn't even know what a Jesuit is anymore. They they have they have total control of the education system. Their their communist um, professors are at every single university. They have only about uh, 21 overtly Jesuit universities, but they have Jesuits teaching um, in cassocks and in civilian attire everywhere around the world doing their will, looking out for the Jesuit worldview. It's funny as you were reading that, I, I took the opportunity to pull something up. Uh, another Luciferian puppet of the Jesuit world order. By the way, uh, I highly recommend, we're talking about books to read, highly recommend the book Compromise by Terry Kent Reed that explains how the CIA created both the Clinton and Bush administrations on the mountain of cocaine uh, and that... Uh, um, so, so the Clinton family is, is absolutely a Jesuit fabrication. And it's interesting that in, um, let's see, back in 2002, uh, Hillary Clinton, who was a nobody, who was a, a, a female lawyer before the, the Jesuit world order empowered her to screen for the rape victims of her, of her their business partner, Willie, um, to become 
a senator, United States, what a laugh, a United States senator for a state she's never, ever lived in to become secretary of state for this country. What a disgusting blasphemy. So uh, in 2002, she was on Meet the Depressed with Tim Russert, also known as Meet the Press. And uh, Russert said, uh, did Obama have a better judgment in October um, in regards to, what are they talking about, uh, Afghanistan, I believe, Iraq. Um, uh, and uh, um, she came back and said, um, you know, look, judgment is not a single snapshot. Judgment is what you do across the course of your life, your career. Russia came back. A vote for war is a very important vote. So he's trying to get to, to ask her tough questions on, okay, you're a peacenik now, but now you're all for war because you're in power. You're all for war because that's what your masters are telling you to do. Uh, and you were a peacenik before because that's what helped garner your support among the left in the country. Uh, and Clinton came back and said, well, you know, Tim, we can have this Jesuitical argument about exactly what was meant. And what she was doing is giving a secret sign. Tim Russert was Jesuit educated at John Carroll University in Cleveland. That's how I, he got his job. Sure. And that harpy Hillary Clinton um, was enthroned through her husband going to Jesuit Georgetown. So she knew exactly who it was that owned the world, that ruled the world. Where, where, where did they meet? What, what university did they meet? Was it Georgetown or was it uh, um Columbia or something like that. I can't remember now. Anyway. I, bet it was, I think it was Columbia, and it's, Columbia is not overtly uh, Jesuit, but it's subvertly uh, um, uh, Jesuit and that uh, covertly rather Jesuit because uh, that's where the, the, their communist strong point is, is in Colombia, and the, uh, the Jesuits absolutely own communism, particularly the, the ethnic minority black communism in, um, in Chicago, and that's where uh, a Jesuit uh, helped educate, uh, mentor, uh, Barack Obama and Greg, what was his name? Hang on. Uh, Greg Galuzzo. Greg Galuzzo was his Jesuit mentor in Chicago to teach him the tenets of, of, of the American black communism that made him the malignant spawn that he is today that hates America so much. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely Jesuit creation. But going back to the Jesuitists, and that's something that people don't talk about, is the fact that there are female Jesuits. And so we look at uh, whether it's uh, Pelosi or if it's uh, Clinton or whoever. <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're I, I, I actually, I even have somebody that's personal, uh, a family friend that's in in Congress there, and uh, and she's Roman Catholic, and <laughs> I wonder if she's a Jesuit. <laughs> Yeah, there's very involved in Ukraine and what's going on over there. So there's just just like the CIA talks. There's um, there's operatives that are on the inside that you trust to do the right thing and that you don't necessarily want to murder right away. And then there's assets, assets like Timothy McVeigh um, or Lee Harvey Oswald that you have no problem throwing to the wolves at any time for your better interest. And it's interesting, we'll close, the, close the, uh, the loop on old Tim Russert there. I'm absolutely convinced that Tim Russert was murdered by his Jesuit keepers because he actually brought to light the secret society tie-in of John Kerry and George Bush um, in two separate interviews, which have been um, uh, condensed and put up on YouTube in great fashion. Um, 
and uh, it, it really it, that, that was his undoing. He tried uh, to be too much of a journalist. He wanted to uh, actually do his job, and that was the reason why he was uh, had his early death. It was like 56 years young, in the same way that Breitbart uh, was almost certainly uh, murdered in uh, fashion of uh, I believe it was a heart attack for both men. Yeah, you know, <laughs> shoot. Maybe he had, a, maybe little really did have a, a heart attack. You know, realizing how absolutely utterly corrupt the situation was. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, know. they. they sometimes I wonder how many times these guys were. Really, I mean, how many times have I felt like having a heart attack, learning all this stuff? <laughs> it's like what the no, heck? It, 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 it does. <laughs> it does upset you. It does give great pause, great concern because they they own everything. They own absolutely everything. And you, for me personally. I find peace and solace in my faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, I've read the end of the book. I know we win. I just don't know how. And therefore, uh, the the Jesuit chloroform that is the pre-tribulation rapture, and we can get into that a little bit if you want to, is created to um, um, uh, put Christians at ease, to make Christians not fight injustice, and the Christians that sit back and say, well, look, uh, the, the devil's supposed to take over, the Antichrist is supposed to take over, the New World Order is supposed to happen. My yes. question to you is, where is your moral compass? How do you sit back? Go ahead. I was going to say, well, uh, the, the real, for, for what I see, the reason why they created this whole uh, dispensational futurism and the future, you know, this, you know, seven-year tribulation and antichrist is to keep your eye off the true biblical historical antichrist was the papacy. Bingo. Period. That's the reason Bingo. why. So your saviors are waiting for somebody to happen in the future. So they want you always to believe, be living either in the past or the future, never in the present. And I don't want to sound new agey like this, but it's not because I'm not. I'm not. But you need to, uh, yes, you need to learn about history and understand your present. But then what you do with your presence is, are you going to fight the good fight or not? Or are you going to wait for something to happen? You bet. In fact... Um, so most people are just waiting. <laughs> They're just waiting. Yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah because it's, it's intimidating. It's, it's easier to just sit back and um, allow it to happen. Um, it's easier to, to not fight. I mean, it's right there in the Declaration of Independence that uh, it's the nature of man to, to suffer through evil and injustice. And that's not what we're called to do. We're called to occupy until Christ's return with whatever power and authority we have. That's why when uh, Paul's, uh, is it Paul's or Peter's, jailer was told, um, accept the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. Well, that doesn't mean that your salvation covers your household. That means you are the leader of your household, and your household will almost certainly follow your lead and your new allegiance to Jesus Christ, and therefore we consider your salvation to be the salvation of your household as well because they will almost certainly follow you in your new faith. You have whatever authority you have. If you have authority over no one more than your, your beloved pet at home, then you exercise that authority and stewardship in the best way that you possibly can um, with love and compassion and uh, righteous anger over evil and injustice, uh, whether it's in your family, your wife, you have a wife or husband and kids, you have authority in that home. And, and by the way, the Christian, um, the, the, the biblical model for authority always leads to the, to the man. The, uh, the, the woman 
is subservient, but she's made she willfully allows herself to be subservient to the man because the man is acting in a uh, Christ-like manner and never ever ever abuses his authority over his wife, and his wife has total knowledge and trust that everything that the man does is for her greatest good. And if that's not the case, therefore, I'm afraid you've got to watch out for yourself um, because the man is not obeying the, 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 uh, the example of Christ. But uh, whatever you have authority in, that's what you exercise your authority over. And Christ will honor you. Christ will not allow you to be um, uh, beat down into submission. He may allow you to get fired because you're taking a stand for judgment, but guess what? He will turn around and honor you and give you a better job than what you had before because you were trying to obey him and take a stand. So I don't understand how it's easy for people to obey these heresies, the Cyrus Schofield heresy from um, uh, you know John Nelson Darby that came up with these ideas of the pre-tribulation rapture, which is absolutely unheard of. No one had even heard of the pre-tribulation rapture prior well, to this. Nor can you find it in the Bible. It I, is nowhere in the Bible. <laughs> in fact, the, the most important um, uh, scripture on the end times, Matthew 24, tells you explicitly, first comes the tribulation, then the gathering. It's right there in, in Matthew 24, period. There's, there's nothing else to look at. And it also tells you in the, the so-called rapture passages, and I believe it's uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 and then the 5, you are guaranteed to see, number one, the apostasy, and number two, the man of lawlessness. If you're a Christian, you are guaranteed to see him before you see Christ, period. It's going to happen. So if you've never done prepping before, uh, if you've never started to uh, get, put, pull yourself out of debt, buy a firearm, put some, some stores, some dry stores in your, in your house. And by the way, when I, when I say I'm a steward, I mean I'm a steward. I, have, um, I don't have a lot of money, so I don't have you know, two years worth of dry goods, but I've got about two weeks of, and that includes my pets too because we don't leave any man uh, or, or uh, uh, someone that depends on us behind. So uh, we do prep a little bit as much as we can. We're not manic about it. We're followers of Jesus Christ. He's going to cover us. He's going to take care of us. We're going to act first, and we're going to leave the rest up to him. If you can only afford two days' worth of food, two weeks' worth of food, two months' worth of food, you do what you can. If you can only afford a little 22, then you go out and buy a little 22. It's better than to, uh, to have nothing. In fact, uh, I think it was Paul that said you're, you're worse than an infidel, someone who, who doesn't have the ability to, uh, to, to protect and, and care for his own, his own household. So the, the, the pre-tribulation rapture, which was unheard of before Schofield, uh, Russia as Magog because of the, uh, the migration of the Scythians, the Schofield just, uh, the, the Scythians migrated up from the Middle East um, through the steppes of Russia and off into Europe, by the way. So it all depends on where you stop and look at their migration that you can say, who the Scythians were, and, and whether or not they were Europeans or Russians or Middle Easterners. Um, and so that well, Russia is... Not only that, but if you, if there's also the argument, too, that uh, like Russia, that a lot of the people actually actually reversed migrated from the West to the East, like the Vikings. And they have a lot more of their blood in them than actually than people realize. <laughs> you, you bet. And, and I'll tell you, um, I have more hope for Russia than I do any, any place in the West. They're still very much uh, a product of their, their Freemasonic and Jesuit captors, but there are good people in Russia. They're, they're getting back in touch with their Christian faith. Um, 
They may use the trappings of orthodoxy, which, which is not uh, biblical Christianity, but um, there, there's a heart for Christ there, and, and I keep Russia and Russian well, leaders in prayer. We see that what happened after the fall of the wall there, in, uh, the Berlin Wall in the 80s, that depending on where you get your numbers, it's anywhere from 13 to 30-something percent. Even that, of course, that magical 33 percent is brought up too, but I don't trust that number. But uh, the more logical number is somewhere between 13 and 12, or, or 13 and 17 percent of the populace associated with the Russian Orthodox Church. I strongly believe that one of the reasons why they introduced communism, the Bolshevik War, and all that was to also, you know, it's a religious war, once again, it was an inquisition that was trying to bring, tie in, bring in uh, Orthodox Church back into the, the Mother Church, if you will. So, you know, ever since the Great Schism, there's been this, this divide that's went on. One of the longest wars in history, by the way. Going back to this whole thing, what happened after the fall of the Wall and Berlin Wall, uh, that number shot to 78%. So today, Instead of be it, the numbers have reversed. They failed. The, the, the papacy, the Jesuits, uh, and their counter-reformation, their, their version of it for the Russian Orthodox, failed. They hoped that through use of communism, destroying people's faith in God and religion, that they would come back to eventually to Rome, and it didn't work. And that's another uh, contributing factor to this, why the Russia is going on over there in the Ukraine, uh, where you have this great, once again, the schism happening. And uh, just for people to know that, that it's, it's a very important information to realize that whether or not they're actively going to church on Sunday is one thing, but they, the general populace in Russia still associates with Russian orthodoxy. They don't want anything to do with Roman Catholicism, so it's a big element to what we see here. You know, when we eventually see this Third World War being played out, it's all religious war, and um, I don't know. Well, you're you're, you're spot on. I, uh, there's nothing I can add to that because it's you're absolutely correct that uh, communism is used as a tool to punish the the enemies of Rome, and there are some some good Russians that that do remember what happened to. Uh, to the czars that the uh, the Jesuits murdered um, the uh, uh, Alexander Nicholas Alexander the first Alexander the um, second uh, uh, each and every one of them were, were assassinated and with good cause for for do we do we blame the Jesuits behind those assassinations so uh, you bet uh, communism is is um, uh, is absolutely a tool of of the Jesuits. And it's used to, to horribly punish enemies of the Jesuits, and it's never outed as such. Uh, I started to, to, to elucidate earlier that the Jesuit education has told us that the Nazis are the epitome of evil, and the Catholic Church had nothing to do with the Nazis, when in reality, the Catholic Church created both the Nazis and the communists, and the communists far outstripped the Nazis in the harm they have done. Uh, Hitler can be blamed for some, oh, God forbid, some nine, nine million dead. Uh, and Stalin uh, alone have, has murdered in his purges up to 40 million human beings, the vast majority of them good Christian Slavs. Mao Zedong, Mao Zedong um, was also another um, uh, Jesuit CIA 
contrivance, George C. Marshall, that may you continue to, to burn in hell, bark in hell right now, George Marshall, who helped create Mao Zedong by um, pulling the rug again, again, pulling the rug out from underneath the good uh, Chinese patriots, Romanian patriots, Czechoslovakian patriots, Cuban patriots. He pulled the rug out from underneath there of Chiang Kai-shek uh, and refused to give him the, the weapons he needed to, to, to fight Mao Zedong. And uh, Mao Zedong has murdered so many good Japanese that the number is not even secure. I've heard as low as 60 million and as high as 70, 80, 90 million human beings. That animal has, has murdered in China, and they, to this very day, they mock themselves with pictures of that pig all over their country like he's, like he's something to look up to. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with that one. I mean, it seems pretty clear that they have, <laughs> which, you know, it makes you think now at this point, you look at the, um, the, the world that we live in, and uh, it seems that they got their tentacles everywhere at this point. It doesn't see China and Russia, whatever it is, they really are pulling the strings. And really, when I'm, not, I'm talking about the leadership, I'm talking about whether it's political or the whatever it is, the, even the religious leadership, but the average person still is not quite there, like you and I. Um, yeah. You know, well, well, again, a, we're, we're doing what we can, Mike, uh, as far as when the tables will turn and how they will turn. At the bare minimum, we're, we're required to try. And well, they're not going to succeed. We know this. Right. And I always make me think of the Daniel statue again of the two legs. How I see it, and I'm not saying I'm right at all, because I've heard so many other different kind of uh, interpretations, but the two legs... I see it because the fourth and final empire is the Roman Empire, and there's an east leg and there's a west leg. And I don't think that the east, now we're talking once again Russia, China, and all that, those are really going to go for it. I think they want their thing. So I think we've still got this two-leg thing going on. It's been going on for a couple thousand years now, um, the division of the east and west. And uh, we have the Western Roman Empire that you and I live in. We got all the Western Hemisphere is owned and controlled by the Rome. And, I mean, you got Latin America, you got Northern Hemisphere, uh, it's, uh, Western Europe, uh, large parts of Africa, many parts of uh, Asia where they control. But then there's that other branch we call Eastern Orthodoxy, Catholicism. And the only difference between the two really is is that the Eastern Orthodoxy uh, does not accept the papacy, will not accept their authority. Uh, maybe there is, you know, some of the bishops and archbishops or whatever they have, they're, they're in Eastern Orthodoxy, Eastern Orthodoxy accept them or are bowing down to them, but the average person will not do it. That is a big dilemma that they have because the average person will not follow the papacy, will not accept them. I don't know if you do much research on that, whether that means anything to you, but it means something to me because it tells me it's verification of what God said that they would not succeed. There's going to be these two legs, and maybe we're at the feet point now and the ten toes and all that kind of thing. I've heard all sorts of different interpretations. We will not even figure it out until it's done, I imagine. But one thing we're certain about is the satanic system will not succeed. 
No, I absolutely agree with you, brother. That's uh, a pretty good interpretation of Daniel's Daniel's statue. And um, I, I think the Orthodox Church will continue to resist as much as it is allowed to resist. Unfortunately, um, I think many of the leadership, just like in, in Russia, and like every, every position in every country, they're co-opted with uh, Jesuits and Freemasons. Uh, I don't trust uh, um, Patriarch Bartholomew, who's running the Orthodox Church right now, um, uh, but certainly that there are good Orthodox people, just as you said, brother, who uh, um, absolutely look at, at the Roman Catholic Church with suspicion and will not fall in under, no matter how many times he hugs the patriarch and kisses him on the hand and whatnot. Uh, he's working all, all over the place to create a, a new ecumenical movement of a one-world religion, and he's getting a lot of help from um, uh, people in the, the false Protestant church, um, uh, Pentecostals. Um, he just had a... Um, uh, let's see, he just had a, a meeting back in January with... Uh, let's see here, let me pull, pull this up. Um, he had his... Um, uh, he's had a lot of meetings. Like, I don't know which yeah, one. Yeah, Cam, I'm sorry. Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland, had, oh. he meeting, he had, Kenneth Copeland had this big Pentecostal meeting with all of his uh, uh, people. He's got... Uh, um, You're not talking about last year with... Uh, what's his face? Um, oh, the guy that died in, in the motorcycle accident. Yeah, but Tony Palmer. Yeah, Tony yeah. Palmer. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that... Supposedly uh, died in a motorcycle accident. Funny thing Yeah, is, well... I did some research to try to find out anything about the... the the, you know the funeral, and I and I could hardly find anything. Now we're talking about you know let's be honest about the Roman Catholic Church. You know it, it is a death cult, and they glorify death. They love funerals. Couldn't find oh, well, anything about his funeral except that somebody said he died. But no he, funeral. He, here you've got here you've got someone that's so close to um, Jorge Mario Bergoglio, the man who helped institute the dirty wars in Argentina with human trafficking of sex slaves. Uh, now you've got Tony Palmer, who Bishop Tony Palmer, as the uh, ecumenical emissary to the Pentecostals, who was uh, you know, recording private, phone, private messages on his phone camera with a pope. So, you know, is, uh, is, does he know Jorge Mario Bergoglio in the biblical sense? Um, you know, anything is possible. It was two or three months after this, uh, the death of uh, Tony Palmer and most guys. And by the way, anytime someone dies in a small, fast craft, the first thing you've got to think of is assassination. Um, whether he was um, staged as a death or an actual death, uh, it's interesting that Bergoglio told the press that he expects himself to be dead in two or three years. I know. He's so, been talking that for a long time. Hasn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, whether that was the Jesuits taking out uh, a, a possible homosexual lover just in case, or, you know, like you said, um, faking his death and, you know, sending him to an island somewhere or whatever. Uh, honestly, I don't know that his death would be faked because he was doing a lot of powerful work for ecumenicalism. That, um, uh, that thing he did with Kenneth Copeland was uh, if you don't know what's going on, that looks really good. No, all the information he was giving about how much Protestant Catholics have his words, the the protest is over. 
we can sort out the doctrine later. Um, we we all agree on these various uh, these various tenets. So I don't. To, to, to me, it was inconvenient for him to to have disappeared. So I don't know that I go for him not being dead, but uh, anything well, I, is anything is possible when you're dealing with the Jesuits. Well, I, yeah, that's right. But my only question is, why no funeral? I'm not saying no, he's dead or not. I haven't heard it. Nobody's heard anything from him since. Um, why not? Maybe he didn't. Maybe they I, I, I haven't looked into it, but uh, it, it's that's that's how we do our research. And we have to remember that uh, if you're going to disappear somebody, then then that's going to include sources on the internet. So yeah. um, uh, you have to you have to be a good um, a good researcher, good journalist, which is why you and I are here talking together, yeah. trying to help people out. So it's it's very interesting when you look at this. What's going on? Um, or like. Um, Pope Francis, as people call him, uh, I call him Pope Franny. That's what I call him. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you look at Argentina, why this man, why they chose him. You look at the the junta that happened in the seventies and his involvement in the uh, basically an Inquisition where uh, tens of thousands of people were tortured and killed, thrown out into the ocean by a helicopter and aircraft, um, and this man accepted it. And then they end up having him become the Pope. Now that goes back to what you're saying about how you rise to power in the papacy is by how wicked you are and how much evil you've done. What, is, what kind of research have you done about his background? What have you learned about him? Yeah, I, I would say you're, you're pretty close to the, to the truth there uh, as far as him proving that he is trustworthy in something as as vicious as the dirty wars and the the human trafficking and the drug trafficking that uh, uh, took place during the dirty wars in, in Argentina. Uh, I think it's also very important to note that um, you're talking you were talking about them as high priests of the black arts. Yeah, we get into these areas that are a little bit harder to research and give names, places, and dates, but I still have strong feelings on them. I believe that they absolutely are connected to malignant interdimensional agencies that we in Christendom call demons. Right. And that with, with no small coincidence, the, the current head of the Vatican Observatory is um, a Jesuit by the name of uh, Jose Funes. And uh, he is a Jesuit from Argentina. What a coincidence. Uh, I think that um, very strongly they are in league with uh, these interdimensional malignant agencies. And they're using opportunities like CERN, like um, uh, research that they are conducting with, uh, with uh, using portals and workings along the lines of Jack Parsons and Aleister Crowley in order to give us basically what we saw in the Avengers movie, an opening of a portal and the releasing of a, of a malignant interdimensional army. Uh, well, you know, it could possibly be. I mean, there's something they're up to. You know, what do, what do you think? What are they looking for with Lucifer, their telescope? Well, yes, um, it's, it's fascinating to, um, uh, what, to know what a, what a name! Why would you choose that? <laughs> and <let's, laughs> of all things, and, and people don't even ask that question. You know, I'm talking about the average person doesn't even ask. 
Shouldn't that, like, bother you? Wouldn't that bother you that uh, the Jesuits created this telescope and they named it Lucifer? Yeah, they, um, <laughs> the, the fact that the Jesuits have two observatories, one in Rome and one in the United States um, and in Arizona, Mount Graham in Arizona, the, um, the, the Vatican Observatory, the Vatican Advanced Technology Telescope, is truly, truly disturbing. People need to understand uh, what is it that they're looking for, especially if you actually question our modern cosmology as well you should, at the bare minimum question the heliocentric universe, uh, if not the actual workings. Understand, everything that you know you have been told by Luciferians. Can you verify the universe, the solar system, is heliocentric or geocentric? Does the sun revolve around the earth or does the earth revolve around the sun? How do you verify that? You can't. You don't. You only have your own observations. And then you realize not only the people giving you this information are malignant, they hate you, but they're also Jesuits. So uh, whether it's evolution, whether it's the Big Bang, George's Lemaitre behind the Big Bang, uh, evolution, Pierre, Charles, uh, Teilhard de Chardin, a Jesuit behind the, the Piltdown and Peking hoaxes for evolution, um, the Jesuits are beyond evil. They want you to believe that you are a cosmic accident. That's because when you believe you're a cosmic accident, it's easier to enslave you. If you understand how powerful the hand of an intelligent designer is on your world, then you will act and behave differently, and their power, their ability to control you is much more tenuous. The fact that they have an observatory that is based on a large binocular telescope, that they have a um, uh, a function in the large binocular telescope that is controlled by uh, a device that they have contrived an acronym to spell out uh, Lucifer. For um, It's an acronym within an acronym, large binocular telescope, what the L stands for, and then it's utility with camera and integral field unit for extragalactic research. They really, really had to twist hard to create a telescope called Lucifer. And that's because they're telling you something. I believe they're telling you they're not necessarily looking at the stars. They picked Mount Graham. They stole Mount Graham from the Apaches because it was a holy ground for them. It was a place that they considered was an interdimensional spiritual portal. The same thing with uh, Jekyll Island, where the Federal Reserve was born. And the same thing with the Vatican. The, the Vatican is built on a, a necropolis, a city of the dead. These are interdimensional uh, um, if they're not portals, they're absolutely uh, areas of the, the ley lines or on ley lines. They draw evil, demonic power to, uh, to, to further their agenda. And that's why I believe they, they contrive to turn this to cause Lucifer. They have um, Shiva, the god of destruction, in front of the CERN. Really? They have Shiva out in front of CERN? These are not scientists. These are black priests. No, they're I, pretend scientists. Yeah, I mean, we go back to Jekyll Island, and supposedly, when they created the um, Federal Reserve, they they were doing it over a Canaanite altar. If that's I don't know if it's true or not, but, but I wouldn't doubt it for a second because they did steal Jekyll Island, which was a a, 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 a another sacred burial ground. So um, uh, I don't I don't doubt it. In fact. Um, it might be being mis- mislabeled as a Canaanite uh, altar, but certainly uh, was some type of uh, evil 
doings going on there where they had sacrifices, human sacrifices, uh, on Jekyll Island. You bet. You bet, yeah. It, it look, people need to look up, like, CERN, what are, what are they doing? They're not really scientists trying to split the atom. How many people involved in CERN have run away screaming, these people are going to destroy the world? It's because they know they're trying to rip the fabric of our dimension to usher in intelligences, malignant intelligences that are on the other side. Everything you need to know, they have its own opera, the CERN opera. They're calling it Symmetry. Go to uh, 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 Satan's preferred uh, um, search engine, YouTube and Google, and, and look for this, the, uh, the advertisement for the Symmetry opera. It's only about two minutes long. Actually, it's on, uh, I see one here is on Vimeo for, for this symmetry. And watch this for two minutes, and you're thinking, what in the name of, of anything holy am I looking at? I'm looking at people pretending to, to open a portal and, and something dancing and coming through, and I'm looking at a Jesuit priest walking around the outside the circle. Look, look at a CERN's symmetry opera. Look up the trailer for this, and it huh. tells you everything. These are not scientists. The people at NASA are not astronauts. They're not scientists. They're frauds. They're demonically driven. There's, for good reason, is the vast majority of anybody had anything to do with NASA. They're Freemasons. Everybody that was, had anything to do with the supposed moon landing, they're all Freemasons. The one or two who might have said something were murdered. Gus Grissom was burned alive as, as, a, as an, an example. If anybody wants to be a whistleblower, this is what's going to happen to you. Uh, it's all a lie, brother. It's all a lie to further the idea of the cosmic accident because with the cosmic accident comes slavery. It's easy to keep you as a slave. Well, yeah. You, you don't have faith in God. You have weak faith in God at best. And, uh, yeah, you, uh, there's so many things to talk about here, my friend. <laughs> I, I, I hope we will we've been going at it for a couple hours here and I certainly want to have people hopefully you will download this, put it on your, your YouTube channel so people will hear what you have to say. And we have more of these conversations. And I think, uh, I don't know how it was for you, but for me it was very rewarding to hear somebody who's thinking the way that I am but has been given a better, uh, you're better at communicating it. <laughs> Brother, I'm at your service. I, I enjoy it. Uh, so, uh, love your show. Let's do it again. Yeah, well, yeah, I hope so because, you know, we're on the same page and um, – I recognize that uh, what I'm hearing from you, I don't, you know, it's fascinating. Maybe next time we get on, well, I want to hear more about how you got to this point. A guy yep. who grew up a Roman Catholic ends up knowing all this stuff, and obviously God has given you a pretty sharp uh, mind and good memory. Um, almost sounds like you might have a photographic memory with all the details you're remembering. Um It'd be interesting to find out about that. So I, I have but, I have been cheating a little bit as as a subject comes up, I will pull it up on my computer and give myself some cues to call up what I what I know in the back of my mind. It's very critical to me to give out names, places, and dates. I, I will say that uh, I am a, a fan of Eric John Phelps, who is big on the Jesuits and knowledge of the Jesuits. I, I don't subscribe to his um, understanding of race relations. It's absolutely crazy that I happen to live 20 minutes from, from Phelps. I did reach out to him in email, and he never responded to me. But uh, I think that the fact that, I, that I'm, I'm 20 minutes away from Phelps, the fact that I'm a former Roman Catholic, an Italian Roman Catholic, um, just points to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fact that he's got a sense of humor. 
Yeah, that's funny too because uh, you I mentioned I think it was in your last broadcast on Blog Talk. Uh, once again, folks, that is uh, resist, resist, resistance rising, and uh, you mentioned Joe the plumber. And by the way, Joe the plumber is about twenty, if that, twenty minutes away from me. <laughs> wow, that's great. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Um, but yeah, we should get together and talk more because um, it, you're very co- coherent about your presentation. Um, you're talking to somebody who's on the same page with you. As far as Eric Phelps goes, I had a chance I, to have him on through my connections. In my early days of the show, I had Tom Fress from Inquisition Update on quite a bit, and then um, Nicholas Arthur and First Amendment Radio, and that's where Phelps is on. So I could have had him on. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is he's also a future dispensationalist along with his... Uh, David Duke thing going on. I just uh, I, something happened to him. I think what happened to him is he money once again money got in the way. I think that he had that uh, it compromises all of us when we start saying things, doing things that. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I didn't know there was a David Duke connection. Um, if there's anything about Eric Phelps, Eric Phelps, I think is absolutely spot on on names and places and dates. I I repeatedly try to get cues from him as to where I need to research next. His only weakness that I have seen is he's is um, really really off on race relations. I did not know there was a David Duke connection, and if there's anything that made me question whether or not he was you know himself Jesuit trained and thrown out there to help put us off, is that his ideas on race relations because they they really don't help. They there certainly is a black subculture that is poisonous that is designed to be exploited by the Jesuits and the New World Order to create uh, a possible race war in the near future. But um, look, we're all made in the image of Jesus Christ, and, and any right, one of right. us any one of us can step up and be powerfully, powerfully used for him and towards good. So um, even though there is a black subculture that does a lot of harm to black people uh, within some, some cities, 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 out of wedlock births are amongst blacks are up to a sickening 90 percent um it's just absolutely disgusting what what has happened to the black community but uh it's just a a, an enslavement of culture it's not an enslavement or a result of of skin color so uh i i really am concerned that's the only place i'm concerned about phelps and a lot of times you can pull something up where he's talking and he'll never really mention it because he's talking about other things so uh, well, you just have to be a good Christian and, and parse out from every. Me, me too. I'm not perfect. There's going to be things that I say that I get wrong too. So we need to, uh, you know. What I, I say, David Duke. By the way, I should uh, clarify that that I haven't done any great research on whether there truly is a connection between him and David Duke. But when it comes to the racist thing, that's the reason why. Uh, oh sure. Okay. It's been raised yeah. up. Well, so, he does. He does admit that his grandmother, I believe at one point he tells a story where his grandmother was walking around with his, uh, with her husband's KKK hood. And apparently that was something that really imprinted on him as a child. And um, uh, I, I think that uh, as he gets into the Freemasonic, and, and he's absolutely right that uh, Albert Pike, uh, that, that there is a Freemasonic influence that, 
either founded or took over the KKK, but there's really absolutely nothing redeemable. When he talks about it, he gives you the impression that the KKK was at one point a good organization that went bad. There's, there's absolutely nothing redeemable about the KKK. Um, and uh, I, honestly, I, I heard a, a story that his pastor told me, uh, Pastor Jim, and it just shows that I think it's his weakness. It's something that he needs to focus on and pray about, it's something that he's off on and something that the devil can exploit as he does the good that he does in, in talking about these subjects. We all have to examine ourselves because, um, uh, you know, the, the devil will take our weakness, whatever it is that we have, the sins that we cherish and we hide, the devil will bring to the surface and exploit in us. So we have to examine ourselves regularly and discipline ourselves regularly. Yeah. We have to be as disciplined as the Jesuits are. Well, the one thing about the Phelps, too, and I don't want to spend too much time knocking him because I don't really don't, but the thing is, how can you, of all the research you do about the Jesuits, not realize their backing and creation of this dispensation of futurism and being part of that? I just don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of folks that are out there that are a part of it as well that still expose the Jesuits, but somehow disconnect when it comes to the dispensation of futurism. Well, that's, that's, an, that's an excellent point, and I'm going to throw these out real quick before we close. Uh, here are some names and places and dates that, that uh, our audience can look up for themselves. Uh, Catholic priest Manuel de la Cunza y Diaz is the first one who um, came up with the idea of a, um, uh, a, a, a gathering up, a pre-tribulation rapture, he claimed to be, in fact, he actually did this under a false name. He claimed to be a Jew named uh, Rabbi Juan Jehoshaphat ben Ezra, and he wrote under this false name. Uh, he wrote a book, The Coming of Messiah and Glory and Majesty, and uh, Lekunza theorized the church would be taken up of the Lord to escape the reign of the Antichrist. So uh, this is, these are all doctrines, dispensationalism, the idea that, uh, and, and it's a shame because uh, I grew up on Dr. Chuck Missler. He's basically was my electronic long-distance mentor, but he absolutely is, is either misled by the Jesuits, controlled by the Jesuits, or directly answers to the Jesuits, particularly through their, their puppet, Hal Lindsey, divorced, uh, has been married four times. The two daughters go to Jesuit, went to Jesuit Gonzaga University, um, and he teaches these, these fallacies, these Schofield fallacies, the pre-tribulation rapture, dispensationalism, the idea that Chuck Messler talks about this great chess clock in the sky, that uh, the Lord will only deal with the so-called church. First of all, I hate the word church. I despise it for what it has become. If, if I want to talk about the body of Christ, I'll say the ecclesia, because organized religion is satanic. It's absolutely satanic. But the idea that, that the Lord will only deal with the ecclesia at one time and then Israel at another is ridiculous. It's absolutely ludicrous. That's exactly what Jonah was all about. Jonah was about how the Lord was dealing with his chosen Israel at the time, and the Gentiles at the exact same time. He sent Jonah to, to Assyria, to Nineveh, to uh, call in the Gentiles into their salvation, and Jonah wouldn't go because he didn't want to bring the, the, the gospel to the Gentiles. And because the Assyrians were evil, nasty people, the Ninevites, and it only made him more angry that they obeyed the Lord, and they turned. Um, when when the, uh, the, the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, that was a simultaneous movement that affects both the Ecclesia and, and Israel at the same time. Dispensationalism is just nonsense. So, uh, again, it's all part of, uh, uh, you know, Jesuit rewriting doctrine to, just as you said, Mike, to dissuade people from understanding uh, that that um, Rome is the final empire, the whore of Babylon. It's from there that the Antichrist will come. 
uh, praetorism, the idea that um, uh, uh, we don't need to look to prophecy because it's already occurred, as ludicrous, it was, it was advanced in uh, 1604 by a Jesuit, Luis de Alcazar, to destroy the Protestant Reformation of looking forward into the future. Um, I think, let's see, Francisco Ribera was another Jesuit. I think he was the one behind futurism. And futurism uh, was a cunning, a more cunning version of how to look at prophecy. So, okay, praetorism was a big flop because people were saying, wait a minute, if this is a millennial kingdom, then it sucks. Uh, so they had to retool, and they said, okay, well, uh, pro- prophecy is future, but it's going to happen real fast, and it's not going to be anything that's established. It's not going to be the Catholic Church. Um, it's going to be something you didn't expect. It's going to be suddenly just show up three and a half years, and you're not going to ha- be able to understand it. So um, praetorism and futurism, it's fact. Uh, Lacunza, Alcazar, Jesuits were behind them, uh, and they're all designed to dissuade Protestants from studying and seeing how Rome was the whore of Babylon. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. Well, it's, you know, I tell you what, man, it's been a real, real joy for me. Uh, this morning was a real blessing for me. Um, it's just nice to know that there's fellow warriors out there for the truth and they want to represent Christ and want to expose uh, the wicked one out there in his system. And that um, everything that I've heard uh, this is this is the one that uh, uh, well I've had many shows actually just recently but this is a show that I would not uh, at all be ashamed of sharing with anybody because you've heard the truth you've actually heard the truth now and as, as bitter tasting as it may be um, it still is the truth and uh, the answer is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It, you know, and it is not like you said. It's not, organized religion is satanic. It's not of God. It's one of the more brutal lessons I've had to learn, um, as well. But you know, but in, in another way, it's been wonderful because having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is much more satisfying, rewarding, than uh, having some phony one <laughs> by us through an organization or a priest. Um, at the same token, it's a lonely journey, too, because we live in a world that is truly fallen, and that um, really there is nowhere else to turn at this point, if ever, but to our Lord and Savior. And if we are going to make a difference in this, the system that we're under, more of us have to do this. We have to turn back to our King, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and not into man, and let Him guide us in all truth. So... Once again, folks, this, this was Johnny Cerucci, and Johnny has, once again, a website by his name, Johnny Cerucci. He has a book, Illuminati Unmasked. Um, he has the show and blog talk that he has. You have at least once a week, right, Johnny? I try to put him out once a week. Uh, um uh, working on my with my day job, sometimes it takes up way too much time, and I'm I'm not real happy with where I'm at. So, my my effort is to put them out at least once once a week. Mike, uh, resistance rising on Blog Talk Radio because resistance is rising rising, brother. Just like you said, we, it seems like they control everything, but all you got to do is tap into the power of Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden your outlook looks great, brother. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that I missed that I should mention that you're doing as far as your work? Not not nope. your. You you got it all, brother. I'm I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, I, I did. Uh, you have such limited time, so right now I'm focusing on the podcast. 
Um, I, I've got the uh, the makings of the research of a, of a second book in mind, but uh, it's going to be up to the Lord to give me the opportunity. So uh, johnnysarucci.com, we had a, uh, an incident where we were down for a little bit because um, the Sandy Hook poser, Lenny, uh, Lenny Posner, has attacked my YouTube and my website, and we're still fighting back. We're going to make sure that we uh, show all the false flags for what they are. And uh, it's up and running right now, johnnysarucci.com, and... Um, uh, working on the podcast, and, and that's that's it for now, other than fantastic opportunities to speak to great hosts like you, Mike. Well, I appreciate that, and I hope that this becomes more of a regular thing. Uh, I hope you've... Uh, I don't know, maybe you don't feel that way, but for me, it's like a uh, kindred soul and a brother in the Lord, and uh, uh, it's rare. I, mean, bet, I don't you really have this, that too many opportunities to talk about this, and I imagine you don't as well. So anytime you want to come back and uh, just uh, share what insights that you have with the folks that listen to this, um, please do. And if not, you know, I'll be there. They're rooting for you, brother, one way or the other. I'm, so. I'm, at, your service, Mike. I'm at your service, Mike. I'd love to come back. Anytime that's, that uh, you want to set it up, we'll do it. We'll make it happen. Okay. Well, you stay on. I'm just going to uh, end the show for now, and then we'll uh, talk a little bit. And then Sounds good. Okay. All right, folks. Those who are listening, thank you. God bless. Take care.